Hey, strangers, welcome to the final episode of season four of The Strange Sessions. I'm Krista. With me is Kurt. Kurt, are you sad? I'm sad, but <laughs> optimistic. <laughs> about the final episode or just. No, the I'm not end optimistic about this final episode. No, uh-oh, uh-oh. no. I'm not. I don't. Eh, we'll, you we'll always get, go into every we'll, episode. We'll get, I know. We'll get, in, we'll get into that when we get to the beginning of the episode. And at the end of every episode, after I hit stop record, Kurt says, What did you think? And then I go home and edit it. Then I text Krista. That was a pretty good, good episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> at least we're consistent. We are consistent. I'm sad, <laughs> but. Like I said, I, if we're going to do some of the changes we've talked about, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting yeah. in the future coming up. A break is good, too. Yes. Especially during the holidays. Yes. There's a lot going and on. And a lot of people are upset about the break, but for... Seasoned lo- listeners, For no. seasoned listeners that have been with us from the start, they know... It's not exactly over. No, I'll just say it. We usually put out a little episode on Christmas. Yep. Uh, this year's is going to be a little different. Because we were going to do a topic and then I completely blanked on that. (laughs) And then Krista messaged me one day and I was like, oh crap. So I think it's just going to be us chatting and kind of doing the year in review. Like our episodes, what episodes we did this season and stuff like that. Our favorite moments and what's coming in season five that we're excited about. So it'll just be like a little Christmas chat episode, but then at least you can still hear us. I guess. Yeah, we have some gifts to open too and we'll still do a taste test. You'll get some of the same stuff. we Some of the flavor. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally. Um, should we welcome our new strangers? Yes. Okay. Um, so, shout outs to our new strangers. Christian Weiser, April Stat Fletcher, Matt Lemons, who's very active on the strangers page. Hey, Matt. Geraldine Leticia, Brittany Glan, Mary Jo Fossum, Katie Ducknowski, Leanne Westbrook, Patrick McCarrick. Oh, I flubbed that one up big time. Patrick McRae and Megan Scherer. <laughs> I, flub Sorry, them up. I flub them up on a bi- uh, bi-weekly <laughs> basis, so don't feel bad if you flub them. Yeah. yeah Welcome that's, to I've, the group, guys. I love, like, so many people have been writing, like, such nice things yeah. lately about oh what gosh. a nice family the group is, like it the is strangers. So and yeah. It is. It's just And amazing. that's a good point to make if you're if you're a listener and you're not a stranger and you, you're kind of going to go into withdrawals over the break come to the strangers on facebook yeah. i'm telling you even if you're anti-social media like i kind of am it is such a great place to I be i think there's a lot of people that are members but they only lurk that they don't really yeah. post a lot yeah that's okay too i mean I, you know exactly. lurkers are not always creepy <laughs> <laughs> exactly just when they're outside your house and they're creepy yeah that's creepy um uh, <laughs> do we have any housekeeping <laughs> i wanted to talk about the mugs oh yes so eight mugs have been shipped um, I gave everyone the tracking numbers, so keep an eye on that. I'm also you're doing an awesome job with that. this. I have absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with this part. It only of took the... me like four months or whenever <laughs> this started. Um, so if you are in that first group on the Facebook page that requested a mug, I think there were like 20 of you exactly. Go to the Facebook page. We've posted our Venmo and our PayPal accounts. And um, if you're still in that group, that in that first group, we're giving you first dibs. Although we still have five mugs that we need to make to have that or those orders fulfilled but get on the facebook page send your payment through i think i gave a list actually of who 
who we have mugs ready to ship to. So check for your name there. If you're no longer interested, let us know so that the next person on the list doesn't have to wait as long because we do now have a waiting list for mugs. And we are offering black and white mugs as well. I love that you guys want them. I just think yeah, that's so cool. I mean, why would anybody buy anything for us from us? <laughs> but I you don't guys know. do. So we love you. We love you for <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we love it. So that's exciting. That is exciting. To get them out the door. I finally got the hang of the whole process. Yep. And, and this is Corey's? That's Corey's. Right. It's already in a box. All Sorry. Right. It says fragile on it. Fragile. Okay. I'll make. I'll Most end up dumping it in your driveway Italian. anyway. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it's got bubble wrap and newspaper in there. So I'm hoping that even if you dropped it in the driveway, it'd be okay. <laughs> be okay. We'll find awesome. out. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank the people that like sent me really sweet messages about me falling oh, <laughs> in yeah. the woods. Um, yeah, you guys are just so nice. They <laughs> sent me some like really, really sweet messages. Aww. And uh Krista can attest to the fact that I'm still limping. He is. But I am. He's a gimper pants. I am a gimper pants. <laughs> but I am walking. I am walking a little bit better. But yeah, like, it's better. Last night, it hurt so bad laying mm. in bed. And I don't know what is causing that. Because you right, eat a lot of salt yesterday. I'm just saying. I inflammation, eat a lot of salt every day. Yeah. Sometimes inflammation can cause stuff like that to. I probably did because I had <laughs> ramen noodles for breakfast. Oh. <laughs> Um, Did you at least put an egg on it? <laughs> just saying. No. <laughs> no, it's just okay. one of the styrofoam things, ramen noodles. For lunch, I had, I went by Miranda's and we had chicken Alfredo calzones. Oh, yum. That and sounds good. for dinner, Aaron, uh, the one I went geocaching, the one I go geocaching with, the mm-hmm. one I fell with when I was in the woods, his wife, Nicole, came to town. And after Thanksgiving, they always make... They take like the leftovers, mm-hmm. like some turkey, some stuffing, some gravy and stuff, and they put it in egg roll shells. Oh, that's awesome. And they're, they're, so they're like good. turkey leftover egg rolls and, oh, or Christmas or Thanksgiving idea. leftover egg rolls. Yeah, Thanksgiving leftover egg rolls, and they're so good. Dang. So I have some of those for today, but there was probably a lot of sodium yesterday. So that very yeah, well might it could. be. I know I'm really sensitive to salt. I, even my joints feel funny the next but day. But everything after I, I eat is like salt. the prepackaged lean cuisines, and those <laughs> just have a ton of salt. Yeah, they do. So, all right, I goal wanna, for 2021. I think, I don't know if I remember healthier if diet. I said this on here, but starting January 1st, I'm going to go an entire month without eating meat. Hey, I'm eating vegetarian right Just now. Just to see. I'll share some recipes okay. with you. Well, I eat it's going to be, a, it's gonna be a lot of uh, that Whopper that isn't made out of meat and oh, stuff like no, that. Oh, don't but do But it's still meatless. I mean, it's still. That should be a treat. Something like that should be a once yeah. in a while treat, even yeah. for a vegetarian. Yep. There are these bowls. I'll sh- I'll talk. We can talk offline. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. Because yeah. they're actually really our, healthy. They're vegetarian, like power yeah. protein yes. bowls. Yeah, and I know which ones you're talking I about. I eat those for okay. lunches, and they're really, really. So good. I think just for January, I'm going to try it and see if I feel better because it. I'll yeah. complain about that in the Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs> you got more complaining coming up in the Christmas episode. Yeah, we won't any, be short on the any, complaints anyway. Um, okay. Do we have any other housekeeping? I don't. Well, probably, but you know how okay. that goes. Um, okay, so we have to do tarot. We have a gift. We could do the tarot at the end if you'd rather do that. Tests. Sure, that's up to you. Because our we run our, this show. You're our, the driver of this I bus. Am not. I am not. I'm that um, loud kid who sits in the back <laughs> <okay>. row. <laughs> no, because our 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 titillating twenty has been running long. We're only on so. seven minutes right now. So, oh, okay. but we still got openings to do. We yep. still have food to eat. Let's hold off on the tarot. Okay. Until if we end. have time, uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's cool. 
Do you want to open this? It has my name on it, but it's for both of us. This is from Kayla. Kayla is the one. She's a coworker of mine. Thank you, Kayla. Yes, thank you, Kayla. She is the one who gave us the, the dill popcorn from yep. the local popcorn yep. place as a taste test. And she, <laughs> this was a gift she had bought for us, but she couldn't find it. I love it. Isn't it cute? I did peek at it. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a Bigfoot. It's Bigfoot and it says, don't stop don't believing. Don't stop believing. Yeah. Yes. Of course, I'm thinking of the Journey song now. Yes. Thank, so, <laughs> thank you so right much. Going right up on our board. Yeah. That's perfect for our board. Yay. We have a lot of Bigfoot magnets, and I love it. We do. Thank you so much. She also, if I recall, we've had a conversation about this. She has a hobby of baking, but like really cool baking, like cupcakes and things like that. And she wants to bake us a cake for our 100th episode. Oh, that is so sweet? sweet. But she also wants it to double as a taste test. So she said she's already thinking of like interesting flavor combinations. Like <laughs> mayonnaise cake i mean i'd try it (laughs) i would too chocolate mayonnaise cake i don't know we had peanut butter mayonnaise sandwiches they were delicious wow thank you so much yeah so that was really sweet and i still haven't met her (laughs) i know that's why i asked you i said did you finally get to meet her this time and she said no i think i might have been gone when she yeah i was gone because it was on my desk when i came in the next day oh thank you so much for yeah thank you kayla it is so cute and i love the the offer for the 100th episode yeah, cake. Yeah, I thought thank that you. was so sweet. Thank you so much, Kayla. So that's coming up in season five, I think. Yeah, I'll have to make sure I count them right this time. <laughs> so it's not episode 99. Yeah, episode 102 or something. Uh, okay, taste test. We have to get to the chocolate yet. Yes, we have some more chocolates. We are saving... We have a couple of things we're going to save for the Christmas episode. Yes, we episode. have a couple of things we are saving for the Christmas episode. We won't forget the jokes this time, I promise. So for anyone who... I know a couple people wanted to know what kind of chocolates these were. We didn't actually say that in the last no, episode. So the, the brand, ironically enough, is DeBrand. 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 Um, it's the Connoisseur Collection. So why am I struggling just to get this? And this is from my, okay. my good friend, Jen. So this, we have And she left. said these aren't actually her favorites from there. She said oh. she has ones that she likes even more. They're going to be my favorite. But she said she got us these ones because there's some funky flavors in there to try. Salted cafe caramel. So rich, buttery, salted caramel or caramel, whatever you say. I think say, she said that one is amazing. With swirls of robust coffee. And I think I said in the last episode that coffee and chocolate is one of my absolute yes. favorite combinations. So there's two of those. So here's one for you. No pecans. They're really pretty too. Looks like I think I gushed over how pretty these were. Oh jeez, <laughs> in the last episode. It looks like floor tiling. I'm gonna take. <laughs> it does. It has like this pretty gold um, brushing on it. I'm gonna take a picture. The lighting down here is subpar. I'm gonna give this a ten out of ten. Wow. Before I even eat. I it. am too, actually. <laughs> I already know. Oh, it smells good. Okay, are you ready? You ready? Let's do it. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> caramel oh is Oh my god. The coffee. Mm. I'm making hand gestures. You can't see me right now, but Oh my lord. The coffee flavor is so strong, but like in a really really the caramel, good way. The salted caramel is mm. That is the greatest piece of chocolate I think I've ever <laughs> had in my entire life. I'm going to have to agree with you on that. That was literally perfect. Oh my god. I'm giving it an 11. <laughs> Is that against the rules? I don't care. I always rate it higher, so I'm giving it a 14. Oh, wow. I could have a whole box of those. I would have I'm a whole box I'm not hinting at anyone. Don't go out <laughs> and buy me a whole box of these. I'm just saying they're that good. I'm sorry, ginger <laughs> chocolate. You're probably going to pale in comparison. Oh, it's not ginger. Yes, it is. Wow, that was amazing. That was really good. And the texture was so yes. good. 
Okay, the last one we have to split is Valencia. Orange marzipan with orange peel and apricots topped with a ginger slice. That sounds good to it me. It sounds really good. So you have a knife to cut that in half? Oh, you can tear it. Rip it and tear it. What if I don't... Flip it Ooh, and reverse it. Oh, there's a it. tiny little bit of ginger on that one. Hold on, I'm taking a picture of mine. Oh, that smells good. Oh, it looks really good, too. Oh, it does smell good. Okay, ready? <laughs> ready? Mmm. Mmm. Mmm, the ginger is so good. So. Jim Tom. I love ginger. Mmm. Not as good as the chocolate. It's up coffee, there. Coffee caramel one. It's really one, good. But it's really good. The mixture of the ginger and it's the orange. It's actually a really good palate yeah, cleanser. Yeah. Has a really good flavor. The mixture of the flavor. ginger and the orange is really good. Yeah. Mm. That those were the best chocolates I've ever had in if my life. If that came in tea form, I'd be all over it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good. Mm. I oh, love the delicious. mixture of ginger and orange. Yeah. Oh my lord. Dang. Ten out of ten. We should save this yes. card. Yeah, ten out of ten for that for sure. Oh, all right. Wow. <laughs> we're so we're good. spoiled. We are. Can I just say we're spoiled? Anything else we have to open? Um, are we saving that? This is the one from Lauren. Should we... We're only on 13 minutes. Let's do it. Okay. We can open it. Oh, we can open it? (laughs) As I hand it to her. crap. Oh, look at that. I got to take a picture of that. That's cute. Thank you so much, Lauren, for this. And thank you, Jen, for the chocolates. That's cute. Yes. Thank you, Jen. Oh, my gosh. I'm doing pretty good without any kind of opening utensils. You're doing perfect, actually. (laughs) Ooh, that's cute. We got a little penguin on it. Wearing a sweater. That is so cute. A penguin in a Christmas sweater. You can't go wrong. Okay. Do you want to read the little... I have no idea what this is. Read the little card. Hold on. You read that and then I'll open this. I don't want to bust the penguin sticker. That's so cute. I love the effort that people put into this stuff. I know. We love you guys. Oh, that's a cute card. Kurt and Krista, Merry Christmas. Thanks for all you do. This isn't much, but I thought it would make a fun ornament or keychain or just to hang up in the studio for the holidays from Lauren. How appropriate. Thank you There's so much, Lauren. a tiny Lauren. little tree right behind Kurt. There is. Oh, it's taped shut, of course. Do you have your thingy? Your stabby tool? My stabby. Mm-hmm. Look at how cute this card is. I would take a picture of that, too. Thank you. Thanks for extracting the stabby part it's a funky that that multi-tool has a funky it's like a package a dedicated package opener i'll not hand it to you with the sharp side out thank you (laughs) oh okay oh awesome little little red bundles we're opening now (laughs) aww Aww. That's cute. Stay strange. Stay strange and a little star that says TSS. <gasps> this is oh. so cute. So she had these made for us. I love this. That is adorable. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Lauren. These are adorable. I just can't believe people go out of their way to do this for us. I love this. That is adorable. I'm going to hang mine on the tree right behind you. Thank you so much, Lauren. This is happening right now. <laughs> she is hanging it right now. <laughs> thank you so much, Lauren. This yes, is amazing. Thank you. Oh my gosh. You guys are so awesome. 
I just can't even. You guys are going to make us cry. Yeah. Not on air or anything, but... I lighted it out. I'll stop making paper noises now. Okay. What's next? Thank you so much, Lauren. This is so cute. It is adorable. I love the TSS. Love it. Do we, should we do the tarot? Do we have time? Let's just do it. All right. Let's just do it. Let's do it. We play pretty fast and loose with the rules here on the strange sessions. <laughs> Sometimes we forget stuff. <laughs> like taste tests and jokes. Oh my gosh, I can't even get that. Okay. Okay, what's the question? Be thinking about the question. Kurt's drawing a blank. I am totally... Could you tell by my vacant <laughs> stare that this I was... Look. My, my vacant <laughs> stare that I was drawing a blank. Um... What should we look forward to for season five? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Better just be good. Flush the toilet upstairs. <laughs> Hope that doesn't come through in the audio. A flushing the toilet is is pretty much how I would sum up this year. <laughs> Twenty twenty. The year, not the season. I think we no. had a really good season. We did have a pretty good season. I agree. We're like a fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> or a, or an aged we will cheese. Have this. We get funkier <laughs> with age. We will have this podcast down to a science by the ninth season, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is that? The nine of cups? I had to remember what IX was for a second. Yes, that's I know, a right? nine. Ooh, you ready? All right. Do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? You can read it. Okay. Bliss Harmony. Wow. At last, the card of wishes come true. Came true. Jeez. <laughs> when the nine of cups appears worries and fears will be cast away a new phase of peace and harmony awaits the world seems to be granting your every wish holy cow good health happiness and even material gains are heading your way enjoy that is weird that if we if, we, if we do uh, either patreon, the patreon and if we um, get the merch store i want to get an online yeah, merch that store is a up. that is a really mm. so you guys are listen harmony we are gonna rock it next season you we guys are. so be be here for that it won't be a hot dumpster fire apparently. it will not it won't be hot hot garbage like, <laughs> like our other seasons <laughs> Like season one. Oh, that's funny. Wow. Okay. Like 19 minutes. We're good. We're we golden. Got We're down. golden. We got this down. You We're researched. probably forgetting something really important. Yeah. You, re cool. you researched this one, right? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, funny. Okay. I'm ready. I'm excited. Everybody's excited for this episode, actually. Um, I'm... Yeah. It'll be fine. So, our topic, <laughs> our season finale topic is... A little something called Missing 411. You probably have never heard you of this. probably never heard of this. <laughs> it's really um, unpopular. I don't know why we're talking is, about it. The is, this episode, I feel, is just a mishmash of a bunch of things. It's not as structured as the previous ones That's because cool. I did not use any of the books that the lovely Stephanie sent to me because I want to use those now going on for the individual. The mini ones? The mini. The My favorite Mini missing four one one. Ooh, that's say a that funky three name. Times yeah, exactly. Uh, and again, Stephanie, thank you so much yeah, for that's those amazing. books. I'm I've only read the first one. Okay, I'm trying to hold off until we actually start doing more of those uh, episodes next season. But this is our last official big missing four one one episode. So I just basically threw a bunch of stuff in here that I got offline, offline, online, <laughs> and uh, off online, off online <laughs> that I, I got off online. Uh. Uh, um, <laughs> that, uh, um, anyway, um, where was I now? I, I just totally threw myself off. 
So yeah, I feel like this is just a mishmash of a bunch of things. That's okay. But do you want to do research for an episode next season? For Missing 411? Because one of David Politis's books is called A Sobering Coincidence, and that is all about the drownings. Oh yeah, like the the smiley face murders, and Ooh, I know you're I super. Love that one. I know yes. you're super into that. So if I you want to do that episode, you can. I would love to uh, because I believe that book is all about like mysterious drownings, and it, oh, it's tied yeah. in a lot with the smiley face killer. smiley face killers. Mm-hmm. Okay, the supposed smiley face killers. Did you ever watch that? I did. I thought it was really good. It was good, but I don't know if I think there's anything to it i feel like there is okay. but but that's why i wanted you to do that episode because i know you love that topic well and it's a local thing i yeah. mean we've had these yeah, cases in, in lacrosse along the mississippi yep. so but yeah so this is kind of a mishmash of a bunch of missing 401 things that i've I'm, gathered I'm down. um i'm down with your missing 411 so before we get I, most of you know what it is but before we get into talking about what it is the main guy involved with Missing 411 is a man named David Politis. He is an ex-police officer. He is the one that writes all these books and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he is the Missing 411 guy. Yep. He term- he coined the term yes. and came up with all of so this. So in a mysterywire.com transcript of what they say is an unaired George Knapp interview with David Politis, George Knapp says, quote, There's a learning curve for it, though. You have to get over the hump to explain that it's not just people wandering off into the woods and getting lost. It goes beyond that. And Politis responds, absolutely. And when I talk about it, I explain that there's 15,000, 20,000 missing person cases throughout the world that I've looked at. And when you read a report, maybe nothing hits you right in the face as being unusual about it. Then when you look at 500, you look at 5,000, certain elements start to show themselves. And after those cases have been filtered through, you come up with a certain profile point. It's similar to what the FBI does with profiling a criminal case. We're profiling missing persons cases to find those common elements that are unusual that seem to fit the specific category we've refined. So then David Politis continues saying, quote, So I filed the Freedom of Information Act request against the Park Service, National Park Police, asking them for numbers on the total number of disappearances in their parks, monuments, their names, and their locations. I get a call back from their attorney asking me why I wanted that information. Well, I knew at the time that that cannot be used as a qualifier if the information is released or not. And I asked him that. He says, no, 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 we're not. We're not interested in that. We just want to know why you want the information. I told him it's just research. He says, well, we don't have that information. But if you want it, it's going to cost you $1.4 million. <laughs> we don't have it. But if, <laughs> but if you, you want, want it, it, this is because how Because they would have cost. to tabulate it, I guess. Mm, okay. And I said, well, I'm a published I'm a pub." I'm a published author. I publish books. So there's a subset in the Freedom of Information Act that says I can get this information for free. He says, I'll get back to you. Six weeks later, he calls back and says, well, your books aren't in enough public libraries to qualify. So he ended up getting stonewalled by the... Public libraries? Yeah, you That's have to have a, a certain... Yeah, you have to have a certain number of books in public libraries for okay. to, to file a Freedom of Information Act, I guess. I don't know. That sounds made up. But basically, the Park Service just stonewalled him and, sure. and didn't do anything. So here is an example of a typical missing 411 case. An October 27th, 2017 article on strangeoutdoors.com website, which is awesome. I actually go there a lot for missing 411 stuff. The article says Carl Landers was a 69-year-old Californian who disappeared on Mount Shasta, north of Sacramento, California, during an attempt to climb to the summit on May 25th, 1999. 
He was accompanied by two friends, Milton Gaines, age 64, and Barry Gilmore, age 60, who he had met through a local running club. The article says, quote, Carl's colleagues and friends described him as an experienced climber, hiker, and distance runner in good shape. For 30 years, he had run every morning and even completed the Boston Marathon in 5 hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, better than I could do. In his later years, he had the ambition to climb the highest peaks in every county of California. In May 1998, a year before he disappeared, he climbed Mount Shasta, but didn't manage to reach the summit and vowed to return to reach the peak. A person in good physical condition can make the climb through Avalanche Gulch on Mount Shasta in one day with good weather and snow conditions. However, most climbers are successful in reaching the summit when they take two days. Most people like to go partway up and spend the night to accustom themselves to the elevation, usually at a place called the 50-50 Camp or Lake Helen. So they headed up the mountain that night. They camped at a location on the mountain called the 50-50 Plateau that's just a little bit below Lake Helen. 50-50 is a popular camping spot covered in boulders where most climbers recuperate and wait for the right light and weather conditions before making their last push up to the summit. Carl was taking a drug called Diamox to combat the effects of altitude sickness. Altitude sickness. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Give me a wink. That was cute. He was also suffering from diarrhea and had to leave the tent several times during the night to relieve himself in the midst of a blowing gale. Oh. Ooh. Just in, under good conditions, having to do that in the woods would be awful. Yeah, having, to, having to do that at home in, in the good conditions is miserable. Right. I can't imagine doing that in a, in a gale. You know. And then think of how dehydrated you probably yeah. become in yeah. your... Oh, yep. Wow. In the morning, he still complained of feeling unwell, and he left the 50-50 location without his friends to get a head start up towards Lake Helen as he was feeling cold. Hypothermia and dehydration is not a good combination on a mountain climb and can often lead to trouble. The lake, however, is only a short distance away, about 650 feet, around the side of the mountain from the campsite and at a slightly higher elevation. Carl was wearing two or three layers of clothing, including a rust-colored coat, ski pants, and boots. Milton and Barry saw Carl disappear around the curve in the mountain, and that was the last time that he was ever seen. That's so, like, common. Yeah. Yep. His friends packed up and subsequently left the camp around 30 minutes after Carl left. They left their kit at the camp as they intended to check out Lake Helen's weather and snow conditions and then come back and grab their stuff from 5050 later. But after a short time, Barry returned to the tent, which was left at 5050 because he wasn't feeling well. Any experienced hiker knows that it is not a good idea for a group to split up, and at this point, all three of the climbers were separated from oh, each boy. other. Milt, therefore, got to Lake Helen on his own, and he asked a ranger there if he had seen anyone passing through on the way up the mountain. The ranger replied that he'd only seen one person, so Milt tried to catch up, but he discovered that the person was moving way too fast to be Carl and was wearing the wrong clothing, so he turned back and asked the ranger again, but the ranger said that was the only person he saw. So Milt headed back to 5050 to try to meet up with Barry again, hoping Carl would be there. This was around 5 p.m. The Siskiyou County Sheriff's Department started searching the area the next morning, May 26th, after Carl was reported missing and they searched on a grid pattern basis using the National Guard Air Ambulance Helicopter and a County Highway Patrol helicopter, <laughs> helicopter equipped with an infrared sensing device. So they weren't fooling around. I mean, no. they were looking. Yeah. A ground search was subsequently conducted on skis, horse, and foot by the U.S. Forest Rangers and the Shasta Mountain Guides. They were joined by volunteers from Marin and San Mateo counties, along with others from Southern Oregon, Sutter, Placer, and Humboldt counties. 
Several members of the Orinda Roadrunners, the club that Carl belonged to, also joined the search on Thursday, May 26th. So there's a lot of people looking for him. Right. Like a lot of people. The helicopter pilot took professional climbers to the summit and they descended the mountain using separate routes at different points on the compass. Jeez. Despite this extensive search, they found no sign of Carl on the mountain, neither his body, clothing, backpack, or other equipment. There were no footprints in the snow and nothing to suggest that he was ever in the area of Mount Shasta. When Carl's wife was informed that he was missing on May 26th, she said that she had a strange feeling when Carl left for the trip that something was wrong and that he was in trouble. The search and rescue effort was headed by a man named Grizz Adams, a veteran of... He sounds like a search and rescue guy, Grizz <laughs> he just Adams. He does, yeah, this is what yep. he does in his spare time. <laughs> a, veteran <of> over, <laughs> a veteran of over 400 search and rescue operations, so he knows what he's doing. During an interview with David Politis, he said, quote, In 35 years, I've never had this happen to me. We were all over that mountain. He was not on the mountain. We brought canines in. They didn't pick him up. We flew around it. We dropped guys at the summit. They came down all sides. They couldn't find him. They talked to people who were up on the mountain. They didn't see him. There's snow around the path where he was, and nobody went outside that path. When Politis asked Grizz Adams what he thought happened to Carl Landers on the mountain, Grizz Adams replied, that's the million-dollar question. He either went up or in, but he's not on it. So they're saying that there was snow covering the area around the path. Yes, and there was where if no he would have left the there. path, there would be footprints. Okay. And they said, they said there were no footprints no whatsoever. Okay. In the 400 operations that Grizz was involved with, only two, including Carl's, turned up with no trace at all. County Sheriff's spokeswoman Susan Gravenkamp said, We've just looked everywhere that we can look, and we just don't know where else to look. Above the tree line, the mountain is not hugely steep, with no crevices or steep cliffs, plenty of flat areas. It makes no sense that a man like Carl could just disappear off the mountain. Hmm. To this day, 20 years later, nothing has ever been found, not a trace of his equipment, and it's assumed that Carl disappeared somewhere between the 50-50 Plateau and Lake Helen as no tracks were spotted off trail. A distance of only 650 feet, an area which is relatively flat with no dense brush or tree cover. The topography of the area around Mount Helen makes it very difficult for someone to disappear, and there are no obvious crevices, nor is there any dense vegetation or trees which would obscure a body. The lake was thoroughly searched, as was the forest, on a grid basis at the base of the mountain. Even after cadaver sniffing and human scent dogs were used, they detected nothing. There was nowhere for Carl to hide, and locals familiar with the mountain were totally stumped and baffled. Hmm. What's more, this was no desolate spot. There were 50 to 100 people around Lake Helen at the time of the disappearance, and no one saw Carl. The only evidence he was there at all was his abandoned backpack at 50-50. Milt said there was more than a 50% chance that something really strange happened. It really is an X-Files type story. If Carl succumbed to hypothermia, he would leave behind boots or clothing, yet nothing has been discovered in 20 years. If he was delirious from the medication, he wouldn't get very far in that area where he was walking. Although there are black bears and coyotes, they usually only appear at lower elevations. The residents of Mount Shasta City said, quote, it was like the mountain opened up and swallowed him. Even if it were an animal, you'd find remains at some yeah, point. exactly. Exactly. Mm. And, and that's why this one is like a typical missing 411 yeah. where it's just like, what happened? Like, how did this guy just vanish? How frustrating for his family. Oh, I know. To I have know. no leads I to know. go off of. I know. So that basically, in a nutshell, is missing 411. Mm -hmm. People that go disappearing in national parks in like, with unusual circumstances. Often in, with a lot of people around. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like some, they turned around and the person was yeah, gone and they never be, saw sometimes him Sometimes they'll be walking at the back of the line yeah. with the group of people and they turn around and the person's gone. Or they like see him go around them. a bend yep. up ahead and they yep. never see them again. Oh, I like the weird circumstances around like boots being found and stuff yeah. like that. Before we go farther, I wanted to say earlier, um, most of my notes are like nine pages. And remember, I texted you the other day saying, have some stuff because I don't know if mine is long enough. Yeah, you have way more than nine pages. 18 pages. (laughs) So I don't know where... I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. What happened, Kurt? I don't know. Is this like a missing 411 situation? Yes, it is. It's like You have some lost time or something? (laughs) I I, I always have lost time. Um, So these are some some missing 411 definitions and commonalities. Number one, people from all ends of the spectrum become missing 411 cases. From toddlers to senior citizens, from novices to soldiers and survival experts, from developmentally disabled people to scientists with genius IQs, from disabled people to people being in top physical shape, anyone can become a missing 411 case. A lot of scientists disappear. And that's, that's a weird thing that I come across is that a lot of people that disappear are scientists. And I don't understand that. Mm. Uh, David Politis said, quote, I started to write about a series of physicists that disappeared, and I worked on this for two or three years, and I came up with five physicists that have vanished, never been found. And surprisingly, every one of them was German. I could not find another type of physicist that has vanished and wasn't German. And the surprising thing, they were German physicists all visiting the U.S. that disappeared. That's that's weird. That's sketchy. That's like we're we're nabbing them and keeping and them And using here. them for their knowledge. Yeah. It's been done. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at Operation Paperclip, I mean, that's basically what that was. Number two, a lot of times there are a string of puzzling whys that come with the case. Why did this person leave their camp? Why did this person go this route instead of this route, etc.? And I know you guys know most of these, but we're just going to cover them yeah, again. Yeah, just in case you're new. Yeah. And you haven't heard of missing for Number three, a lot of times right after a person goes missing and a search team is being organized, a storm will come in that will hamper the search, even times when no storm has been predicted. Number four. If the person is found alive, a lot of times there seems to be memory loss about what happened while they were gone, or there might be bizarre stories. We've talked about a couple of these in the past, like the uh, the boy that said he survived because a wolf was feeding him berries out of his yes, paw. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, or the boy that said he was in a cave with his grandma, who was actually a robot, which is so weird. Strange. In January of 2019, three-year-old Casey Hathaway disappeared from his backyard of his North Carolina home. A search was made of the woods surrounding the area, but no traces of the boy were found. Tracking dogs were used. Helicopters with night vision were used. No, nothing was found. There were no traces found. Three days later, searchers heard the child calling for his mom and found him about a quarter mile from his home in a patch of vines and thorns. After getting to the hospital, Casey told them that he had a bear friend with him in the woods that took care of him that night. Which is bizarre. This was recent, right? What year did you say? This was 2019. Okay, yeah. yeah. This was all over yeah. the news. Yeah. So those are you get those kind of stories that are weird, and I there's, like to think there's it was people. Bigfoot. Like I remember, we did that. Talked about that one where that that girl hid in the bushes because she said she could see people all. But they walk, couldn't see but her. But they couldn't see her, yeah. and just weird stuff. Yeah. Number five, a no, lot. Of- seriously, though, I've, it's got to be Bigfoot. <laughs> like <laughs> Bigfoot took this little guy under his wing. I don't know. Was, I like, have one theory him. that I like, but I will get to that. To we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that okay. at the end. Couldn't go an episode without curting you. 
<laughs> Number five, a lot of times the missing people are found in areas that seem difficult, if not impossible, to get to, both physically, like high up on narrow mountain cliffs, or time-wise, like children being found miles and miles away from where they vanished in a short amount of time that would not allow for them to make it that far. And sometimes there are unusual things if they're found on a rocky or muddy terrain, like their shoes or socks don't seem to have any signs of dirt or mud on them, mm-hmm. which is weird. If you're yes. laying in a muddy field and you have no mud, yeah. like you were dropped there. It's like there. you were just dropped yep. there. Number six, there seems to be a lot of issues with clothing. Protective clothing is missing during cold and frigid months, like jackets or shirts. They're usually removed or discarded for some reason. And missing children who have not yet learned how to dress themselves are sometimes found with their clothes on backwards or in an unusual manner. Shoes go missing a lot, either just one or both, and are never found or are found in bizarre locations. Number seven, I'm taking this one word for word from the Missing 411 subreddit, written by user XOFIATC. Quote, The missing are sometimes found in an area that's been searched by search and rescue teams numerous times over a period of days, usually a week or longer. Sometimes they're even found on the trail that's used to access the area they're searching. It's almost as if they were placed there intentionally in order to be surely found by search and rescue. Search and rescue teams are meticulous about their searches and would not miss something like this. Right. Totally. Yeah. Number eight, a high number of missing 411 cases happen at or near areas with occult sounding names like Devil's Ridge or Diablo Lake. Hmm, I've never heard yeah, that. Yeah, we've talked about that in the past. Have we? Yeah, like Devil's Lake in <laughs> Wisconsin word for would it. be a place. Oh yeah, some, we've just yeah. had a weird thing happen there. Yeah, like like something like a devilish sounding name. Like a sure. lot of these places that people disappear have this kind of name. Hmm. Number eight, search and rescue dogs seem to have trouble with missing 411 cases following a scent for a little bit and then stopping, like the person completely vanished or not being able to get a scent when they should be able to get one. And sometimes where there are visible tracks to follow, the tracks just stop, again, like the person vanished into thin air. Number 10, boulder fields seem to be a thing. Mm -hmm. In that interview, Politis says, quote, it's strange how that came up, but there's been many times over the years that people have talked about, quote, I was in a boulder field and something happened or somebody disappeared in a boulder field. In one of my books, I wrote a story about the road department in Iceland. And in Iceland, they will not blow up a boulder to put a road through a specific spot. They'll put the road around the boulder because they believe that people or spirits live inside the boulder. And that's interesting because people that I've written about have heard things come out of boulder fields, have seen things come out of boulder fields, have disappeared inside boulder fields. It's very weird. It is strange. Yeah. So yeah, those are some of the typical things you find in a missing 411 disappearance. Uh, there's a couple more I found. A February 8th, 2016 article on the Cryptid Antiquarian website called, quote, What is taking these people? Says, quote, It has never really been seen. In the instances where it has possibly been seen, it's been described as a dark humanoid type shape, or it's blurry or fuzzy. It preys on people that are alone. Sometimes it seems to lead people away or off paths, luring them like a fishing line. It seems to have a connection to weather. It can possibly bring on or control storms. There have been several instances of phone calls from the missing in which all that can be heard is rushing wind. That's Mm. creepy. Mm -hmm. It confounds tracking dogs. They seem to have preferences and types of victims, as often similar types, age ranges, or gender will disappear in a cluster. Is a cluster some creature's territory? Hmm. And that makes sense. Like yeah, if it is it like a Bigfoot type creature, that that might be its territory yeah. where it hunts. This one I'm I'm gonna say might, but they just come out and say it does. 
It might have the ability to poison or drug an intended victim while hunting them, which makes sense. It I does. mean, maybe that is why that Carl didn't feel good. That's one of the missing 411 things makes is that maybe, maybe that's why he didn't feel good. And to try to separate you from yep. your group. It chooses its victims in advance, possibly following them for days before making its move. And this is based on unusual victim behavior leading up to the disappearance and in cases like Cullen Finnerty. I'm pretty sure we've talked about Cullen Finnerty. Finnerty. Because he's one of like the big missing 411 cases. Who felt he was being followed days before he went missing. It does something or takes something from its victim that kills the person without sometimes leaving any marks or obvious causes of death. It removes some or all of the victim's clothing, especially shoes, scattering them. And finally, it's believed to have a strong connection to water. Hmm. So those are some other ones that I found that are like typical things you find in a missing 411 case. I think the water thing is like, I don't know, you're hiking in the wilderness. There's probably going to be water somewhere nearby. What I think is interesting too is that... I'm not saying that I'm on board with all of these. Right, yeah. But they are common themes that come up. Um, Is that some people are found alive and some people are never found and some people are found dead. So it's like... Yeah. I mean, we're going to get towards the end. We're going to discuss whether or not we think this is even a thing. You know, is it... We keep coming back to it, so we must put a little bit of stock (laughs) into it. I know. So when David Politis is investigating and compiling missing 411 cases, he throws them out if any of the following appear or seem to have appeared in the case. If the person had mental health issues or suicidal intent. If it was an obvious animal attack. If the person had mentioned walking away from their life and never being found. If there's any evidence that it was a crime or if it just seemed like a routine drowning. Sure. So those are, you know, and I was going to get to this later because we're going to talk about like controversy about him. Like like mm-hmm. people are really, really divided against him. Like right. people either yeah. just rip Think on the guy. doing it. People just are like, no, this guy is a charlatan and he yeah. is trying to make money off he's something. He's selling books. He's selling books. Uh, and one of the things that's funny is people accuse him of cherry picking. And he has mm-hmm. even said, yeah, I'm cherry picking. Well, I'm yeah. cherry picking the cases that seem like missing 411 cases. You know what, though? To me, if it helps put attention on a person who's missing. Oh, exactly. I think. Exactly. What's wrong with exactly. that? Exactly. Like, I know a lot of names of people now that are missing because of this stuff. Yeah. So, but like I said, we'll get into that towards the end, what we, what we think. Okay. But we're going to talk about a couple specific cases that have been like in the news recently or that I found like doing Google searches that are like kind of newer cases. The first one actually happened on October 8th of this year. 35-year-old Alexander Pish was painting a landscape scene near the Colonial Creek Campground and Diablo Lake area mm-hmm. of the North Cascades <laughs> National Park in Washington. After a passing police officer noticed Pish's white Toyota Corolla parked on the same stretch of Highway 20 for several days, a search was started. Pish's easel was still set up in the woods where he had been painting near where his car had been parked, but no sign of Pish has ever been found. And there's a picture online of his easel just being in this woods. Mm. And it's like kind of scary. Like when you know that... How far into the woods? Not that far into the woods. Because it said it was relatively near his car. So it wasn't even that far into the woods. Yeah, that is creepy. Yeah. um, One of the thoughts was that maybe a mountain lion killed him, but there were no remains, no signs of torn clothing, no blood anywhere. What's even more bizarre is that in April of 2019, a 58-year-old man named Richie Collins disappeared in the same area. On April 30th, 2019, a passing police car noticed that Collins' Honda Element had been parked in the Colonial Creek Campground parking lot for several weeks. 
when they went to check it out, they found his car keys just sitting on the roof of the car. A search was made of the campground in Diablo Lake, but Collins has never been found. Another strange thing about the case is that Collins' family said that he, he had owned a lot of guns, like over 30 guns, and they were all missing from the home. What? Yeah. That's a lot of guns. Yeah. So did, to go the guy, did the guy go there to meet somebody to sell the guns and they took the guy? Like, why were his keys on top of his car? Hmm. This is weird. And it's just, it's like in the same spot. It's like the same campground. Hmm. Like these two people disappeared, the painter and this guy with the guns. Hmm. Yeah, that could have been something that just yep. went bad. Then going back to the previous year, in June of 2018, a 31-year-old man named Cornelius Zippro was out in the same area camping with a friend. The two of them got into an argument about something, and Zippro's friend left the campground to go on a hike alone to calm down a bit. When he returned to the camp, Zippro's tent and backpack were still there, but Zippro was nowhere to be found. When Zippro didn't return, the friend called the police and a search was made. On July 3rd, Zippro's body was discovered in a remote wooded area near the Colonial Creek Campground in Diablo Lake. Deputies said that there were no signs of foul play or no signs of violence at the scene. His death was determined to be a suicide. Hmm. Which I is, hate is, that they always is, jump to that. Yeah, which seems weird. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. So in this one, like by this one campground in, in three consecutive Lake. years, they've mm -hmm. had like weird. Mysterious. And that's like a cluster. That's an example of what a cluster is, like right. a missing 411 cluster. I'm not saying the area is cursed, but... Don't go there. There's something, <laughs> there is kidding. something going on there. <laughs> just be aware if you're going to go there. Yeah, it's just weird. Mm. You know, I don't get the the guy's car with the car keys sitting on the roof of the car and he's it just gone. It suggests that, yeah, he was interrupted somehow, yeah. you know. But if you're going to sell guns to someone, do you do it in the, in the campground? I'd like to know some history on him. Like, did he, yeah. did he love these guns? Did he take them and use them? Is it possible them? that was... he... Did he run into some financial difficulty? Well, is it possible that he went to sell them? Somebody killed him and then drove his car to that campground and put his keys on top of the car? Could be. I don't know. But you have three strange disappearances or or deaths in that area. Mm -hmm. Well, they never found the guy with the easel, right? No. No trace. No or trace of him. Or the guy with the guns either. Nope. No trace of him. But they found the other guy. Dead. And okay. they said there were like no signs of foul play. So they just determined it to be a suicide. So... Another was there? Case. Was he suicidal though? Was I don't there, know. You know, because he got in a fight know. with his friend. I don't like that. I don't know. To me, that seems. Did a, bit a friend much. kill him? Maybe. I don't know. That's probably more likely I, than I suicide. So another one, Barry Tragan, sixty-eight-year-old Barry Tragan, on July twenty-second, two thousand twenty, was at Kinta Lake inside Glacier National Park. Barry parked his car and went into the woods. They started searching the 25th for him because he didn't come back out. Politis went to the area and managed to talk to one of the park service officials. And he says, I heard the interview where he says that he's glad the guy didn't recognize him because he might not have given him so mm. much information, but mm -hmm. he went and talked to one of the officials they're searching. And I respect that David Politis goes to these areas right. and he... He's putting in a lot of he effort. He is putting in a lot of effort. So then he asked the park official how things were going with the search. The official says that the, that Barry seemed to pull his car into a, quote, odd location of the parking lot and left his car unlocked with the key laying in the middle of the back seat and walked into the woods. That's weird. The official said that the unspoken theory was that he went into the woods to commit suicide, possibly due to medical issues, but they never found him. N no idea. He just parked it his car in an weird. odd location, almost like he just stopped it mm -hmm. and just was like, Threw his I'm keys done. in the back seat. Yep, and walked into the woods. That does feel a little 
final. You know it what does. I mean? It does. But they there was no. They never found him. Mm-hmm. There was no trace of him. How big is this forest? Pretty big. I mean, like I. That's one thing is that I have never been in a national park. I mm-hmm. would like to go to a national park because I don't. I don't have a concept of what they're of like. I know, like Point Beach. You know, yeah, Point the Beach. Yeah, the state parks aren't that big, parks, but like a national yeah. park. Like I don't know, so I, that's kind of on my bucket list is maybe to well, go me to too, a national. Just because they seem really beautiful, yeah. and I would like. to I'm see just gonna that, park but... my car, throw my keys on the top, and walk <laughs> in and see what happens. <laughs> I'm gonna advise against that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Another one is Mark's. Wear and... that hat. No, not that hat. Oh, the, the, Wear the, the hat other that, brewer's the hat. Save me. Yeah. Yes. Another one is Mark Sinclair. A year before that one, on July 8th, 2019, 66-year-old Mark Sinclair disappeared in the same area. He was observed that afternoon by Logan Pass Visitor Center staff as he left his unlocked vehicle, keys, and his dog in the Logan Pass parking lot and headed towards the High Line Trail. It's said that two visitors called the tip line and reported seeing him up on the High Line Trail in the early evening of July 8th. Helicopters, cameras, infrared flights, and drones were used to search areas difficult or impossible for ground crews to search. Uh, Searchers had difficulty due to high winds, heavy rain, and hail that came in. No trace of Sinclair has ever been found. The week after he disappeared, the High Line Trail was closed due to the fact that a grizzly bear had been seen in that area and it would charge at hikers that got too close. Mm. But people said there would still be some trace of him. You know, right. if he was, and he was up on that trail, so some of the people suspect that he killed himself, but are you going to leave your dog in the car to go kill yourself? I mean, that's a, a horrible thing to do. Is the dog okay? I'm assuming so. I don't know, because it just said they found his dog in the car. Okay. So Probably we're just gonna, stressed out and thirsty, but he's fine. He's yeah, fine. we're just, he's, he's fine. Totally fine. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. So, but that's like in the same area. Mm. Just, just weird. Mm. Yeah. And there's some people that would say it's not weird. Guy just wanted to go for a quick hike, got lost, something Why attacked him. Why would you take him. your dog though? I don't know. Dogs like to hike. I know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was almost like he was intending to come back right Maybe away. Maybe he just had to pee. I don't know. It's possible. That would be my luck. I'd be a missing 401 case <laughs> just because I went to pee in the woods. You know. I mean, that'd be a reason you'd leave your dog in the car because yeah. you were coming yeah, right Yeah, but they back. saw him. These two people that called saw him like up on the trail, mm. like high on the trail. And if he was lost, you would have assumed he would have told these people. Right. You know, so I don't know. I Leaving don't your know. dog in the car is weird. Yeah. I mean, these are just bizarre. So now we get to October 2nd, 2018. 76-year-old Connie Johnson was last seen at the Big Rock Base Camp in Idaho County, Idaho, 14 miles from the town of Powell, Idaho. This is taken directly from her page on the Charlie Project website, which is a website dedicated to missing people. The article said, quote, Johnson worked as a camp cook for Ritchie Outfitters, which organizes hunting trips in the Montana and Idaho wilderness. The place she disappeared from is only accessible on foot or by horseback. She had previously worked as a wilderness ranger for the U.S. Forest Service, and all of her friends stated that she had great survival skills and 25 years of wilderness experience. She was last seen when the hunters left the camp that day. The next day, October 3rd, the hunters had radio contact with Johnson, but were unable to understand what she was saying. Hmm. She has never been heard from again. When the hunters returned to the campsite on October 5th... Wait, when did they have radio contact from her? October 3rd, the day after they left. And they couldn't understand no, her. No, they couldn't understand what she said. Which and is, They were just like, eh, that's cool. She's I guess, good. We'll go two days I guess. later. And... That's, that's what it sounds like. Hmm. So they returned on October 5th. Johnson and her border collie named Ace were both gone. She had left her jacket behind on a table laying on top of her gun. The search for Johnson was called off on October 16th. 
Three weeks later, Ace was found wandering alone at the Moose Creek Ranger Station about 15 miles from the campsite Johnson disappeared from. Although underweight, the dog was in good health. Okay. According to a 2018 article on the Idaho Channel 2 News website, a friend of Johnson said, quote, You know what everyone is dealing with 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 this, because like you said, this isn't like it's some pilgrim's first rodeo. This is a woman who spent literally the last 25 years of her life, most of them, on foot in the wilderness alone, doing her wilderness range work. If there's anybody that has a skill set that positions them to beat this, it's Connie. Hmm. And she's just gone. You know, granted, she's older, 76, but... Like what I age doesn't matter. I tried to find like what I wonder is when she tried contacting them, was it like a frantic, like something's wrong or was it just like, Hey, how are you guys doing? Like, uh, uh, you know, like a commonplace one. You You think if she contacted them via radio, yeah, but I mean, they couldn't understand. I'm assuming that she didn't sound frantic because they didn't go back to check on her. Or they were just sort of negligent. If something happened, her gun, why did she leave her gun in camp? Her gun and her jacket. I immediately started thinking, did her dog take off and she went after her dog? Dogs po- do stuff like that. Oh, yeah, possibly. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. Should we talk Lucy, about Lucy running Lucy, out into Lucy the road? Lucy did that last week, <laughs> or last ago. episode. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's very possible. But it's still, I don't know. Hmm. Like, would her dog leave her, be 15 miles away? That's weird. The dog was found 15 miles away from her camp? Uh, It says... Three weeks later, Ace was found about 15 miles away from the campsite she disappeared from. That's a long way Mm -hmm. for that dog to have wandered. Three weeks later? Two weeks later? Three weeks. I mean, I guess in three weeks. That's poor thing. Yeah. How stressful that must have been. I don't know. So that's just weird. I don't like the age thing because my uncle's in his 70s. He lives in Idaho. And he is very active. Oh, that's like, the thing that I'm. I'm. He's got the physical health of probably a forty something. That, but that's where I was know. saying, like, she's seventy six, so people are going to say, "Oh, right. she's just old and wandered away." She's probably <laughs> in better shape than I am. You know, right? She's better equipped to handle that stuff yeah. than I am. But it's just like, hmm. why? But that it's it's very possible that her dog took off and she yeah. went chasing her dog and got lost. Even the most well behaved dogs. She knew that area. She had wilderness yeah. training. You know, she wouldn't just get lost. I just think even the most well-behaved dogs, squirrel, they all have yeah. squirrel moments. They all catch the scent of something. Yes. And if you're if you're like me, you'd be like 100% focused on going after your dog. I'd leave everything behind to follow Lucy into yeah. the wilderness yeah. because I'd be so worried about yeah. her. But you would think she would know enough wilderness stuff to find her way back. Right. So I don't know. Although the dog was found 15 miles away. Yep. All right. So this next one isn't really a missing 411 case, I don't think, but it happened in the same area that Connie disappeared. And I think this is bizarre. And this one I remember seeing on the news actually when this happened. So this is about Terrence Woods. Terrence Woods was a 27-year-old African-American TV producer. He had lived in the UK for a few years and worked on a bunch of shows there. Then he landed the job of working on a spinoff of the discovery show Gold Rush that would be filmed at an abandoned gold mine in the countryside of Idaho. According to an awesome August 13th, 2020 article on Deadline.com, the article says, quote, But what should have been another notch in his growing resume quickly took an unusual turn. On October 5th, 2018, the morning of Woods' disappearance, he texted his father to let him know he was cutting short his time on the shoot by a number of weeks. The reasons for this are unclear. He did not explain why to his father. According to the text seen by Deadline, 
but told Raw in an email that he wanted to see his mother, Valerie Woods, back in Maryland because she had health issues. This was despite Valerie informing her son before he went missing that she did not require surgery as it was originally thought. According to another August 2020 article on Vice.com called, quote, The Mysterious Disappearance of Terrence Woods Jr., the article says, quote, On the evening of October 5th, as the shoot wrapped up, Terrence told one of the two local women who had been helping the crew with transport that he needed to use the bathroom. Moments after Terrence had spoken to the woman, associate producer Simon G. noticed Terrence drop his radio on the ground. The next thing he saw was Terrence running down a steep cliff that led to the forest where he disappeared into the trees. G. and other locals in the area tried to go down the cliff after him, but the terrain in Oro Grande is rough and unpredictable. They returned with their clothes torn and covered in blood. G. would later tell Terrence's father that his son was running faster than he'd ever seen anyone run before. So we like heard something on the radio. I don't know. Nobody knows. That's what it seems like. No, because they all had they had radios. So if something would have came in, he they probably would have all, all heard, heard it. it. A May twentieth, twenty twenty article on the strangeoutdoors.com website says of the incident, quote, October fifth, the crew spent the day filming in the mountainous area of Penman Pine. What happens next is unexplainable, according to the on site production manager Simon, who later recalls what happened to Terrence. Simon recalls, quote, So we were finishing up for the day and your son was talking to one of the miners. I was in one of the vehicles doing some work when your son told the miner that he had to go relieve himself. Something told me, kind of like a gut feeling, to look over near the cliff your son was at. When I looked over there, all I saw was his radio lying on the ground. I originally thought your son fell off the cliff, so I leaped out of the vehicle and ran over there immediately. To my shock, your son was already 15 feet down the cliff running like a hare. I've never seen anyone run that fast before. At that point, I yelled to the crew to get into a vehicle and go down to the main road. I proceeded down the cliff after your son, but he just kept running. Due to my professional search and rescue training, I stopped running after him out of fear that he'd be further scared. So I went back topside and the crew hadn't found your son on the main road. At this point, we found the first house with a phone and reported your son missing. The article goes on to say, quote, In an interview, the local sheriff said that the guys working the search and rescue operation will tell you that Terrence was not in this area, the area that we searched. They determined that he slid down the bank and made it to the road. After that, they don't know where he went. They said if he was hurt or injured, they would have found him. If he had done something fatal, the dogs would have found him. He could have hitchhiked. However, another officer said that he was shocked that he could even get out of the area. The forest floor is thick with deadfall lodgepole and Douglas firs that have toppled down year after year. The officers described it as trying to run through a giant game of pickup sticks with some parts so thick with deadfall that your feet would never even touch the ground. Search teams also found no prints in the fresh snow with no indication whatsoever that Terrence was ever there. The Vice article goes on later to say, quote, For some, the unexplained circumstances of Wood's disappearance have been compounded by another missing person case on the same exact day around 50 miles north of his last known location. Connie Johnson and her dog Ace vanished from a hunting cap in the Fog Mountain area of Idaho County. The dog was later found, but Johnson has not been seen since. Giddings said that there was no connection between the cases and any suggestions to the contrary had been, quote, thought up by those who were nowhere near the mountain or have any firsthand knowledge of the incident. A lot of stuff happening in Idaho. Yeah, and it, it was this same day within, what do they say, um, 50 miles mm-hmm. of each other that Connie disappeared. And then this thing with Terrence is weird. This is one that you can do a, this is a rabbit hole one. Like, yeah, like some people suggest that it was a racial thing and that some people think that the people that were on the crew might have killed him. Oh, come on. Which really? I don't buy. 
but they said it was almost like he wasn't there and people wonder if if he somebody didn't kill him and put him in the mine but you would have to have everybody that was on this crew in on it in on it right because they all said they that they said it was weird that that he dropped the radio and just bolted down the cliff like just bolted was there cell reception out there I don't know. Because why did they have to go to the nearest house to make a phone probably, call? Probably no cell reception. So it's because I, I was thinking, did he get a text or a phone call that scared him and he thought he had to... That he had to run down a side of a cliff? Why don't you jump in a car? Yeah. Like, why did he run down the side of the cliff into the woods? It's really strange. Maybe he was on drugs. Drugs it's, can make you do some weird it's stuff. It's possible. People said that he was very dealing with anxiety stuff, mm. but... Oh, that's a head scratcher. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's two separate things. Why he ran off like that is one thing, but the fact that he was never found is Yeah. So like I said, this is a rabbit hole. You can go down. Don't you think he could have hitchhiked, though, if there was a road down below? It sounds like they got down to that road pretty quickly. Long before he would have been able to get down there. Pretty quickly after him. Hmm. Like he wouldn't have been able to just, unless he carjacked somebody, but nobody reported that it's just weird it, it just well, according to their though. according to their story he just ran down this cliff covered in thorns and briars that and strange went into this woods and that was the last that anybody has seen mm. of him and like what happened to make him just drop like his that. radio and bolt and fit within 50 miles of the same day when connie disappeared well didn't it's just he just weird. tell somebody somebody says that they he said he was going to go relieve himself yeah yeah. So <laughs> he must have had to he go must really, really had bad. To go. Yeah. Maybe he had a case of the diarrhea as well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that could explain the but running. It's, but... you know, it's, I'm sure it's a coincidence that it was the same exact that's day weird. that yeah, that, that Connie and oh, I'm sure that's disappeared. A but but... were they 50 miles of each other? It's weird that this happened that on the same weird. day. But like mm. I said, this one, if you want to look into this, uh, Terrence Woods. I feel like I need to tell my uncle to be careful. <laughs> he spent <laughs> a lot of, a lot of time in the wilderness. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, that's Terrence Woods. If you want to look that up, okay. Just weird. It's ironic like, that his last name is Woods. Yeah, like I don't know, I don't know what to make of that. Mm-mm. Another one. I think what's crazy about these cases too is that you know a lot of missing people. It's like mm, we last time I saw them was Friday at work, or yeah. last time I saw them was when I visited them at their house, and then there's like some time in between where nobody yeah. knows exactly what happened. But also, how but many these of, cases are like I was just looking yeah, at him, and then yeah, he was gone. Yep. But how many of these two were the last person to see them? Who's to say they didn't kill them? Right. No kidding. You know Unless that happens. That happens people. quite a bit. A lot of times, it's a group of people, though. Yeah, and some people believe that's what happened here—that this crew killed him. I don't. I'm just not going to buy that. No. A whole crew of terrible people, murderous people. Also, not all missing 411 style cases happen in parks. The bizarre case of Zygmunt Zygmunt Adamski is very reminiscent of missing 411. Zygmunt was a 56-year-old miner who lived in Tingley, England. Tingley. (laughs) I had a Tingley, England once. Lived in Tingley, England. In June of 1980, Zygmunt left home to go do some shopping and never returned. Five days later, his body was found 20 miles away, lying on top of a coal pile. He was still wearing his suit, but his shirt was missing, along with his wallet and his watch. The back of his head, neck, and shoulders were covered in strange burn marks that had some kind of ointment on them. Hmm. Forensic scientists studied the ointment-like substance, but could not identify it. The coroner determined that the cause of death was most likely a heart attack, but even though he had been missing for five days, Zygmunt only had one day's worth of beard growth. 
So what? that's just weird. Like this guy went out shopping, never came back. Five days later, they found him lying dead on top of a coal pile 20 miles away. With ointment. Wearing a suit, but his shirt is gone and his wallet and keys are gone. His back, shoulders, and neck are covered in strange burn marks and it has some kind of weird ointment on it and they cannot identify the compounds that make up this ointment. This is clearly a alien UFO. abduction. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's <laughs> what, what everybody hell? says is that it's like an alien abduction. But, you know, it's just weird. I had to th- I don't think that's a missing the 411. The really I, throws me. Yeah, I had to throw that in there because I was, when I was researching it, I found that. And I'm like, this is just bizarre. Because I could explain the rest of it as like some robbery yeah, gone bad. Yeah, and like bad, they did. Like extensive, <laughs> they took time to like put ointment on his back. Yeah, extensive, <laughs> so weird. extensive uh, research. On the ointment, and they can't identify the compounds in it. They have no idea what it is. That's really weird. And they said he just died of a heart attack, but his beard growth, he's been missing five days, but his beard growth showed only one day. So was he killed on the first day? No, because his beard, he was alive up until the day before that because his beard only grew one day's worth. So was he shaving? Like, did they shave him? I don't know. I don't know. This one is just weird. That's weird. So I just wanted to... It thr- feels very missing for one. It does. But- it does. Like mm-hmm. turning turning up dead in a bizarre situation, mm-hmm. missing your shirt, but you still have your suit on. The ointment, man. Yeah. It's the ointment. <laughs> the ointment. <laughs> I don't understand. So I don't know. Don't know. Hmm. Another one. On July 4th, 2012, 66... 66... 66-year-old Michael Lamatre of Anchorage took part in the annual Mount Marathon race. The 3.5-mile race is one of the most watched events in Alaska, with spectators lining the race route that starts at nearly sea level and gradually gains altitude up a mountain all the way to Race Point, which is visible high above the city, before turning back downhill back to the start. According to a July 20, 2014 article in the Anchorage Daily News, quote, The crowd cheered when Matt Novakovich won the 3.5-mile race in less than 45 minutes. As Novakovic crossed the finish line, Lamaitre, Lamatra, I don't know how to pronounce that, so I am just going to say Michael. <laughs> as as Novakovic crossed the finish line, Michael, a fitness buff and grandfather of two, was still making his way up the mountain. He would still be laboring toward the top almost three hours after the race began. Race officials saw him an estimated 200 feet below race point at the highest point of the race. He was lightly dressed and moving slowly, but they judged him to be doing fine. They told him to go to the top of the mountain, make the turn, and follow them down. Michael was never seen again. By 6.30 that evening, more than four hours after the start of the race that takes most people less than two hours to complete, Michael's wife Peggy was worried. Race officials told her to be patient, but to notify them if Michael hadn't shown by 8 p.m. By 9 p.m., the first of several searches were being organized. A hasty search found nothing. Alaskan state troopers were notified. They took over the search, but did not call in an Alaska Air National Guard Pavehawk helicopter with sophisticated heat-sensing technology until the next day. By then, Michael, who had disappeared wearing only black shorts, a black t-shirt, a black headband, white shoes, black and red gloves, and bib number 548, had been out overnight in cold, rainy weather. The guard... The guard detected no warm bodies on the mountain. The search was expanded. It went on for three days. People on foot scoured all likely routes down the east side of Mount Marathon. They found no signs of Michael, no scrap of clothing, no headband, no nothing. After three days of futile searching, the hunt was called off. There is speculation that he maybe went past race point, climbing toward the true summit of Mount Marathon far back in the mountain range and fell off a cliff somewhere. As I searched the gullies on the north side of this ridge, Alaskan adventurer Tim Kelly wrote, 
I hoped that my logic would lead me to solve Michael's disappearance mystery, but it didn't. I, along with many others, would like to see this mystery solved one day. I shake my head at the fact that they waited till the next day to yeah. bring out the helicopter. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah. Like you want to start searching for people. But I mean, if it was by nine o'clock at night, you know, are they going to have them come at night to search? I don't know. It seems like a critically missing person. And from what I read, it sounds like they looked around the cliff bottoms. Like if he would have went to the top and just fell off the top, mm-hmm. they searched and they couldn't find anything. So they have no idea what happened to him. Hmm. You know, people saw him running towards the top and he just never, never came back down. Hmm. So I don't know. So there are some stories for you. Some missing 411 stories. Wow. Theories we're not going to delve into really because we, we've, done, we've that. done those to we've death. We've beaten that horse to death. But a couple things about that. So within the last year or two, a map has been circulating online of the missing 411 clusters superimposed over a map of the country's cave system, hinting at something. Hmm. I've seen this like a bunch of places. Okay. Uh, they they overlay the map of the missing 411 clusters over a map of the, the cave system in the United States and everything is bunched together. Interesting. And they never really say what that means. It's yeah. like, are they leading you to think that these people disappear in caves? Are they leading you to think that Bigfoot is coming out of these caves? I keep hitting my microphone, sorry. Well, that could, Bigfoot's coming out of these caves to kidnap people? They just never really say. I could see in, in bad weather people seeking refuge in caves. Possibly. But, but why aren't I've, they found in them? I don't know. I've never been, been able to pin down what they're saying with this mm. map. Okay. Uh, according to an article on Snopes.com, which is like a big debunking site, mm-hmm. uh, it's not really accurate. The article says, quote, The original map of missing persons was created by David Politis, a former detective and current Bigfoot hunter for his Missing 411 book series. He's a Bigfoot hunter now? Yeah, he, he's always this? been. He started out oh. as a Bigfoot hunter. Okay. Now you like him even more. <laughs> yeah, well, I respect him more, I guess. <laughs> the version of his map on his website shows a series of orange dots surrounded by various color markings, but it doesn't feature the hundreds of black dots shown on the viral map. It appears that someone simply took the cave dots from the bottom map and overlaid them onto his missing persons map. This explains why the maps look so similar. Also, the above displayed maps, one showing people who mysteriously vanished, the others showing the cave systems in the United States do bear a few similarities. However, that's because the missing persons map shows people who vanished under strange circumstances in national parks, which house thousands of caves. Hmm. So that ended up not really being anything. It was kind yeah. of manipulated to look more impressive than it is. Okay. But even if it's not, the missing 411 stuff is about people in national parks. National parks have caves. So, sure. of course, there's going to be mm-hmm. some... That's Sim- like saying it's always near water. Well, yeah, yeah, because there's always there's water, water in everywhere. It, uh, streams. So that's a thing that was kind of popular, but it really ends up not being anything. So I don't know. And I thought this was weird. I don't really believe what this person is saying, but it makes me wonder something. On the Wisconsin Bigfoot research site, which I didn't even know existed, mm-hmm. might have to send you that link. An August 8th, 2015 post. post <laughs> 2015 post says quote after sending an email to the can-am website folks and the missing 411 web website i scoured the internet to see if anyone had thought of this possible relation and came up empty-handed i know that many we've talked about this in the gang stalking mm. i know that many rh people rh positive people are people that have this rh factor in their blood it's something to do with rhesus monkeys rhesus monkeys okay Something called that. Like certain people have this RH value in their blood. Hmm. 
And we brought that up in the gang stalking one because a lot of people that get gang stalked supposedly have this RH factor in their blood. Hmm. I know that many RH people are targeted individuals, sometimes from birth, and often are victims of gang stalking. The victims in the 411 cases range in age from toddlers to the elderly, and many of the ones found alive have some type of disability or impairment that prevents them from articulating the events connected with their disappearance. That's true. What I suggest here, while completely speculative, is that there is a connection with the RH factor in the missing 411. As I am waiting for a response from David Politis and company to see if this has ever been looked into, I wanted to throw it out there and wonder if anyone has thoughts on this. In one of my searches, I came across some speculation that Sasquatch may have an RH blood type and relating that to the idea that Sasquatch may be a surviving remnant of the Nephilim. The Nephilim are considered to be fallen angels of a sort and are said to have had sexual relations with female humans. Now, this, this is, is out not, of the Bible, right? Yeah, Nephilim. Yeah, Nephilim. The Nephilim yeah. and they're giants. Yeah, like giants. A race like of fallen giants. Angels, yeah. okay. Now, this is not my theory per se, and you have to, of course, assume that if a Bigfoot creature is involved... To some degree with the 411 cases, it just makes sense. My take on it is that if there is Sasquatch involvement and there is a link to RH, then I believe these people may stick out as an anomaly to the creatures, either by scent or some other identifying agent within the blood, such as just being copper-based. I'm not saying there is a genetic connection between species, just that it may be more of a curiosity about the RH people as they lack the monkey antigen and are seen as interesting to sensitive primate creatures. They lack the monkey antigen? Like, what, I'm not even sure what he's saying there, but, hmm. but it makes me wonder, is there some trait that the people have? You know, like... like That's not like, obvious. Yeah, it's not obvious. Like, I'm, I know they check blood type, but if like everybody that disappeared was of a certain blood type... You know, so mm. maybe if the people that disappear have this RH factor in their blood, maybe whatever this is that is doing this, taking these people, theory. maybe it senses that and mm-hmm. these people give off like a weird smell. I don't want to say smell be. because that sounds dumb, but like, like dogs can smell cancer. Yeah, like they notice like whatever is doing this notices these people because of this factor that they have. And yeah. that's why they go after these people. So I just thought that was an interesting idea. It is interesting. You know, I still don't really understand the RH blood stuff, but mm-hmm. I remember we talked about that in the gang stalking. Mm-hmm. Like, like a lot of the people that are gang stalked have this RH factor. I don't know How if do I do or not. find that out? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what my blood type is, to but be honest But reading this you. just led me to think that maybe there's something that these people have in common that is causing Some genetic. this. Yeah, something genetic. Huh. So, I don't know. Okay. But, yeah. So, it's food for I, don't, I don't really buy into the Nephilim you know it's funny there are people who believe that they oh still i know exist. i know and there's some people that that think that that's bigfoot is tied in with that mm-hmm. you know so i don't know but just made me wonder if there is something that these people have that causes whatever this is to go after them i don't know so now we get into a little bit of skepticism and there's a lot of skepticism uh reddit user brick city comics says quote Please do not kid yourself into thinking that this is anything more than a business first and foremost for Mr. Politis. He writes these books to make money. This is his job. I'm not going to sit here and bash the author since anyone can call, since anyone who can call attention to missing persons anywhere in the world is doing more for these people than most of us commenting. And that's exactly what it's you true. said earlier. Yep. Like if he is If it helps find one person. Exactly. Then it's it worth, worth it. it. Then it's worth it. So the user goes on to say, my introduction to Mr. Politis' books came from the Mysterious Universe podcast, which has been a favorite weekly show of mine for the the past few years, and it is awesome. It is really good. Heck, Mysterious Universe is such a great show that I've been mulling over joining their premium service for all of the additional content. Maybe Strange Sessions, too, when we get that going. Yeah. Look into that. (laughs) 
But the $9 per month price is just a little too high for me considering I bash HBO all the time for charging $15 a month. <laughs> Here are my problems with David Politis, his business practices, and missing 411. The man himself. For a former police officer whose job it is to collect evidence and build a case, I find it obnoxious that he goes out of his way to not present a true hypothesis about his cases. And that's the thing is that he does not say what he thinks. And I think that's a good thing because once you say what you think is causing this, you're lumped into a Bigfoot person or a UFO person Mm -hmm. or a dimensional creature. Like you're going to look ridiculous to, to a certain amount. To yeah. a certain percentage of people, if you I agree with that. specify what you think is causing these cases. I think it also lends to the idea of a, a really good police officer or detective should not pick a theory and then look for evidence that supports that theory. Yep. They should just look at the evidence and where that takes them. So yeah. I think that that lends to that yep. yeah. I methodology. Mean, I agree. Politis batches all of his books together from the Great Lakes to national parks and English canals into one grand conspiracy yet refuses to publish a conclusion. Why? Because he does not want to be proven wrong, and he wants to write or sell more books by simply reprinting missing person case histories from the past 100 years. If he really felt like there was some nefarious plot going on, he would expose it and accept his greetings as a hero. His interest is in writing and selling more books, nothing more. Don't know if I buy that. Like, I don't know. I mean, we'll, I'll read more stuff. <laughs> I just feel like if there was... if, yeah. if Next if there one. was something to be found, it would have been yeah. found. He's yep. looking for yeah. the answers. That's what people say is that if he really is a charlatan, like everybody says he is, he would have been proven one by people, but he right. kind of hasn't. Next one, his business practices. I like the missing 411 books and own four of them from his website that I purchased for $25 each. Thank you again, Stephanie, for buying me these. <laughs> um, anything up to $30 I think is fair for a new book. But in 2017, it's beyond greedy to only make your books available in printed form and then limit the international distribution by keeping that market to himself while grossly overcharging on international shipping rates. Hey, having a printed-only book can be kind of cool, like when a modern band issues a vinyl record. However, in this case, it's greedy not because he simply does not want an electronic copy of his book, but because it seems he would rather make a 50 to 100% profit on shipping charges per, per book than selling more digital copies. And there's a lot of people that bash him for not his. He does not want digital copies because they're going to get pirated. Mm-hmm. It's so oh, easy. Yeah. It's so easy to, to pirate a digital copy. Considering the amount of time and effort and work yes. that he puts into these books, I can understand that. I can too. And I would much rather have a physical book than a digital copy. So, right. you know, I don't think that this is him being. You know, like he's the first one. Every Dude, podcast shipping is expensive. <laughs> I know. We're learning that. With the uh, yeah, we are situation. learning that with the mugs. But you know, like, what was that? Where was I going now? Um, um, like he is the first one to say, "Don't buy his books off Amazon because they're charging you like seventy five dollars for one of his books." Mm-hmm. You know that people say, "Of course he says that because he wants you to buy it off his website, so you pay him directly." You know, like he Although wants to be the person had to buy his book to sell it on Amazon. Exactly. But he wants so to be the like person he's... that makes money on the books. Well, and I, wrote I them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am, I'm okay with that. Them. I'm okay with there not being digital copies. Yeah. The next one he says is missing 411 itself. The missing person rates in the United States are no different or more significant than any other country in the world. The shape and size of the missing 411 clusters are never the same, nor do they follow any formula for area. The shape and size of the clusters are cherry-picked by David Politis himself to suit his needs. 
Of course, the major flaw will be that the Arthur, that the author picks and chooses what cases he wants out of the thousands and thousands of missing cases over the past hundred years. It's very easy to apply a filter to a hundred years of missing persons' data and find similar details that you want. If you took any of his clusters and published all the cases in that cluster area over a specific amount of time, for example, 10 years, the case details would not be so similar. But I don't get that because he is picking the cases that reflect missing That's 411. That's the whole point. Exactly. Like, I just don't understand that argument. And then simple debunking of common missing 411 case similarities. A, why do more hunters go disproportionately missing than fishermen? Because hunters spend way more time Regardless in the woods. of your experience, a hunter is still walking around in the woods where much of the terrain looks the same, under a canopy of trees, so it's easy to get lost or injured. Fishermen generally stick to the edges of the body or water that they are fishing, making it harder to get turned around into a disoriented state in the wilderness. They often don't have to go into the wilderness yeah. to go fishing. Yeah. yeah, but he is saying that that's the only reason more hunters go missing than fishermen is because they're in the woods where they can get lost more. You know, because like if that, something is taking sense, if though. something is taking people in the woods, why is it not taking more fishermen? Why is it only doing hunters? Because you know what I mean. But I mean, I get his argument. It's like why too. there should be an equal number of fishermen. And he is saying see, that he's saying that more hunters go missing because they're in the woods and get lost, mm-hmm. where fishermen don't. I just think that you know, if whatever there's a fisherman is, there's... there on a stream by himself, whatever yeah. this is, could nab him. But he I just says think for there's the more most... opportunities to yes. take hunters. I, okay, that, that'll totally buy. That's how I would look at it. Yep. B, bodies being near found water but not drowned. Water is a great barrier. Think moats around castles or the English Channel preventing the Nazis from a ground invasion of England. Generally speaking, when you come to a body of water, you stop. If you're lost for days and find a river or lake, you will likely stop at its edges and follow it for as long as you can before you die. You know, I... I I don't know. I mean, I don't... I haven't put a lot of stock in the water part either no, because I know you haven't. water I know you everywhere. Haven't. C, clothes being taken off and found folded in a pile distances from the body. This is very common behavior for people experiencing severe dehydration and then shock. You start to think and act irrationally. Think Tom Hanks in Castaway. Your body goes through temperature swings and dehydration, and you can no longer regulate your body temperature. Suddenly overheating, you may feel it makes sense to strip your clothes off for a bit to cool down and then put them back on later. Hypothermia or shock sets in, and you're a few miles from your clothes, and then boom, you're dead. But I, yeah, we've talked but about there, that, But though. it's not all cold cases where people's clothing ends up weirdly. Like, there, there's time, there's a lot of weird stuff with clothes. Like, I am, I'm not skeptical of the clothing thing because I think there's a lot, there's enough weird things that go on with the clothing that I think there's something to that. And I get, Yeah, I do too. You know, a lot of people bash him because the paradoxical undressing that happens mm-hmm. in hypothermia, he right. originally scoffed at. He said, that's not a thing. And it is a thing. It is. So he's, yeah. so Politus backtracked on that. That's but good. a lot of people hold that against him. You but know. at least he backtracked on it yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. If you can admit you're wrong. Yep. D, and this is the one that I sometimes have a hard time with, severe weather hampering searches. When you are selecting which cases you want to add to your book, it's easy to choose those where severe weather is mentioned in the search details. Consider that just about every day of the week there is a storm taking place somewhere in the United States. Whether it's his weakest similarity linking the search for many 411 cases or not, we are not talking about freakish acts of nature because weather is just like that. Well, I think in mountainous areas too. Yeah, yeah. The like, higher uh, the, the weather, elevation, the weather thing is my least. Yeah, my least. That's probably just coincidental. Yeah, that's my least. Storms liked. come out of nowhere all the time. That's it my happens. least valid. Yeah. Uh, hallmark of a missing four one one case to me yeah, is I would the agree. weather stuff. 
because weather changes all the time yeah. on a dime. Yes, especially in high elevation, I think. Yeah. So then another user named S8 Junkie replied saying, quote, it's not scientific to look for patterns without looking at all the data of missing people. Without a macro look at all the people who go missing, you can't attribute mystery to any patterns that are cherry picked for the subject of books. And then you get into the whole statistics stuff. Mm. Like, you right. know, like I don't, I, I'm on David Politis' side with this. Like, I think he is picking cases. He's not cherry picking because he's picking cases that fit. Right. Not all of his cases have stuff with weird weather. Right. Not all of his cases he has in his books mm-hmm. have anything with missing clothing. It's just that a lot of them do. So he's not just cherry picking. You know, I'll argue that all day long. Like, I don't think that he is cherry picking that. He's cherry picking cases that fit that because... They're strange. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. unexplainable. You know, and then this user said, kids end, kids end up far away, which is likely due to predators taking them far away. People and still with, alive? People with mental disabilities may be more likely to be distracted, fall back, and become lost. It's not a mystery. Four physicists isn't a cluster or even a mystery. Again, out of all the people who go missing, it's like, likely proportional to the population of park goers. He's making a mystery out of nothing. Also, academics tend to be outdoorsmen as well, so it's not uncommon for academics to like to hike, so it's not uncommon that some will get lost or become overconfident. I agree with that. There's no Why myst- are they all German physicists? I don't know. There's no mystery when an experienced outdoorman uh there's no mystery when an experienced outdoorsman goes missing since it's more likely that these folks will underestimate the terrain or overestimate their abilities. I got lost once because I figured there was no way I could get lost. Ego will kill you out here. I talked to a ranger in Death Valley and he said that the majority of people who drop dead in the desert are experienced hikers who ignore the fact that the place is called Death Valley and underestimate the heat and blazing sun. No matter how much water you have, it won't be enough. Hmm. A half-mile hike to a visual destination are the ones that turn out to be a real bitch. Just because you can see it doesn't mean you can reach it. Hmm. And that I agree with. Yeah. Like something will look like a mountain range will look closer to you than it totally. actually is. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. And then I agree. The, anybody can fall victim to... And then this, pers- this user goes on to say... People tend to go missing in late afternoon hours because the sun is setting and it's, quote, magic hour. People will want to take photos because of the light, and so they'll seek a better vantage point and then get lost. Also, bones are rare. Bears will eat them if they're hungry enough or bury them. Try finding bones of anything and you'll realize how rare they are. And I guess that's true. Yeah. You know. That explains why Bigfoot remains have never been found. Shush. We're not talking about that. (laughs) The next one. Searchers may have already searched the area, but that's not the same as searching the entire area, which is usually impossible. It's like playing Battleship. You can be in the area and miss the person entirely. Hmm. And I don't know enough about search and rescue tactics to know, you know, how that... But if the, the, the person shows up on the trail that they've been using every day... That's weird. Yeah. Next one. It's natural for the elderly kids and disabled to go missing. That's exactly what happens to every other species. Mountain lions and predators will go after the old, the young, and the disabled. It's normal. Next one. Polites doesn't own the data. It's public domain, so it's only a matter of time before someone gets mad and puts their own Kindle books together using the same data and hopefully more. He's obviously more concerned with keeping a monopoly on topic than in sharing the information. So all those complaining about shipping, pool your funds and start a new organization and give David Polites some competition. Then his tone will change real fast. I feel like we haven't had much problem finding the information before we had the books, yeah. before you had yeah. the books. Well, it's yeah, not he like, talks about, there's so many interviews that he does yeah. on podcasts where it's not he's like talking. like he's not sharing he, the information. Yeah, I know, I know. 
Next one. You're absolutely correct about delirium, by the way. People will strip naked in snowstorms once hypothermia sets in. They do very strange things. And the last one this person says, I appreciate the fact that Politus doesn't draw conclusions, but his motive is mystery. The bigger the mystery, the bigger the profit. He's figured that out. But he should be applauded and supported in his attempts to get the government to regulate this aspect of the National Park Service. But of course, they want the profits to keep rolling in too. And then I really like what this person ends it with. He says, quote, Politus needs a scully. And he, <laughs> he needs does. somebody to yeah, counterbalance, counterbalance him. him. And I, I, I totally get that. I totally agree with that. It does feel like the national parks are, yeah, yeah. they, they want to sweep this stuff under yep. the rug. Because yep. if people really knew about all the people that go missing, would they get as many visitors? Yeah. Would they have the revenue that they have? Here's a counter argument. This is a longer passage from a really good article on medium.com. It's from a September 2nd, 2019 article called, quote, My Crack at Explaining Missing 411. It's definitely worth a read. The article is actually really good. And this is kind of a long passage, so bear with me. The article states, quote, Dave may not be the best scientist or statistician. He may have lied or cheated in his life at least once or twice before, and he was trying to find evidence for the existence of Bigfoot before he was approached to look into missing people in national parks. Does any of that mean that you should dismiss the evidence that he's bringing forward? No, the evidence is the only thing that matters. He's not putting, his, he's not putting forward his theories in the books, only data. Apart from this, the fact that a personal attack is a logical fallacy, not a counter-argument, if Dave incorrectly interprets some data or causal relation, it's an error, not a crime. People make errors. Errors can be corrected. That's how learning works. It's not a reason to start hating a person and dismiss everything they have to say about everything else. It's a reason to start talking to them, especially if you're an expert with answers. Finally, being associated with Bigfoot research doesn't disqualify everything that you say about anything, mm -hmm. especially if it was research like going places where Bigfoot might live, interviewing witnesses, collecting samples, and sending them for laboratory analysis, and so on. That's what Dave was doing regarding Bigfoot. Assuming that Bigfoot doesn't exist, this is still a completely reasonable activity. Research is how we get to know things, and I 100% agree with that. Yeah. You know, you can, like, the hardcore Bigfoot researchers, you can scoff all you want, but they bust their asses mm -hmm. doing these things. Right. You know, they spend so much money. They spend so much time. Their research is very scientific. It is. It is. But from what you see on, like, stupid TV shows, yeah. it looks ridiculous, mm -hmm. you know? Perhaps the only type of thing that Dave tends to do that's somewhat less than ideal is that in his description of the cases, he sometimes omits facts that point towards more mundane explanations. But still, even assuming that they're intentional omissions and not just Dave not knowing a fact or Dave keeping a fact to himself in the interest of the family of the victim, it's very human. It makes for good storytelling. And beyond that, it's important to understand that everyone has a bias. Scientists do this all the time. That's exactly what he's doing. And it's what profiling is. In a way, you're looking for cases that include selected elements. Profiling is in some ways similar to cherry picking, but the science of it is a little more complicated. Cherry picking in this context would be, for example, assuming that Bigfoot is taking all these people and then looking for only the cases in which the missing persons seem to have been mysteriously abducted or seen a creature in only those cases. Dave assembled a profile by reviewing details of all unexplained disappearances he could find that took place in the U.S. national parks and by noting what they all had in common. That's inductive research. It's good science. This type of research is frequently used not only social science in order to formulate hypothesis, or in this case, a criminal profile. The only thing you need to make sure of is that the sample of your observations is representative. Dave's criteria for the sample selection seems completely reasonable to me. A case being unexplained is an objective fact. 
Not many things need to be the same for all or most unexplained cases, and they will be objective facts. The evidence for Dave not cherry-picking is that he himself has no idea why most of the profile points are what they are, what they mean. Some of the cases that meet the profile criteria do hint at abduction by neither an animal nor a human, but others do not. Taken all together, as I will try to explain shortly, no single normal or paranormal hypothesis explains all of the cases, meaning that either multiples are at play, or it's one so crazy that no one, including Dave, has ever been able to conceive of it. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, a couple other comments, like uh, here's a comment that somebody made on Reddit that I actually, I really like this person said, quote, I too think some cases are a reach, but I get the feeling that it's an honest reach. Not like he's trying to make something out of nothing, but rather because it fits the criteria. I think he's somebody else says, I think he started as many of us did with a genuine amateur interest in missing people. And over the years, he has built up a brand and is now driven by the money and fame aspects more than the investigative aspects. I mean, there's no difference between what he's doing and what the detectives looking into the smiling face killers are doing. I know. I know. It's profiling. Uh, So I have a couple more interesting cases that I got off Reddit, but we are running a little long. So I am going to save these. Not saying we're doing a Christmas episode, but if we were doing a Christmas episode, I'm going to save these couple things for the Christmas episode. <laughs> that so may we, or may not exist. That may or may not exist. But if it did, I would put these. Yes, I'll save these for totally that episode be on there. because we're. I'd like to keep the episodes under two hours because. And we still have a couple things to get through yeah. here. But um. Well, hey, bonus. Well, let, let me, what do you think about David Politis? Like he's a polarizing figure. Like he mm-hmm. can be very standoffish. And I feel so, like one of the reasons he standoffish is because so many people are accusing him of being a fraud. But I also think that, like, we have this podcast, and I love it, and I love that we're out there, but the idea of someone recognizing me in public is terrifying to me. I don't think that'll ever happen. <laughs> but I might be a little standoffish. I'd probably, I mean, I'll, I'll be nice They'd get pepper and everything. Sprayed. They would get pepper sprayed. <laughs> I'm not somebody who wants to have to, like, I would love, to, I'm a writer. I've written stuff. It's been in newspapers or whatever and online, but I, I would love to write a book someday, but the idea of going on a book tour would terrify me because I don't want to be out there having to have conversations with people about this stuff. Yeah. So I understand the standoff. Like, I'd be okay with people. Like, I, I'd like, I don't want any kind of fame. I don't. No. But I, I, I want someday, I always think of this, I want someday to be to go through McDonald's and be at the drive-thru and the person to go like, are you Kurt from The Strange Sessions? I think it would be cool. I think that would be cool. It would be cool. <laughs> you know? like but people... also, like, only if it happened once or twice. Yeah. I couldn't but be. Just, I couldn't imagine being someone who can't even go out in public without somebody wanting, yeah. feeling like they have yep. the right to come up to you. And, so I think he has every reason know. to be standoffish. But I do too. He, the the and missing four one, yeah, the missing four one one subreddit is really good, but it is half people that worship him and half mm. people that come on just to bash. Sure. So it is constant. It's constant wars on there between yeah. the two groups. You yeah, know? I would and hate it's, that too. Like I. I'm not in either. I'm trying to. I try to remain skeptical because I think some of his me too stuff is skeptical. Yep, but um, it's the 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 per, the part of me that loves a good head scratcher. Yeah, I can't get enough of no, it. No, I know, I know. <laughs> you know. And whether or not it's a story, what uh, they're not made up. No, are these they are embellished? They could people. be embellished, right? But 
again, it's if interesting it's reading. It's putting people out there that are mm-hmm. missing, and it, at in the end, that's what's important mm-hmm. is that it is putting spotlight on these people that are missing. Right. I am I am way 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 more on the pro David Polite side than the, the anti. Me too. But I think it was Jim, my friend Jim Olick, that mm-hmm. listens to the podcast, messaged me that he went hunting in a place mm-hmm. that he knew very well and took one wrong move and had no idea where he was. Right. Everything and looks it's the same. Easy. I mean, a lot yeah. of this stuff can be explained. Yeah. To a point. I know. think we have a healthy dose of skepticism yeah. around it, but we recognize the weird factor yeah. that I mean, the this things is, this that is aren't like, normal. This is like the case of that guy that went missing from Texas and his body was ended up in Washington. Yeah. Stuff happens. Weird stuff happens. Yeah. And there's, we don't know the reasons behind it, but things happen. The guy might have put his keys on top of the car for, for some reason. Maybe he was juggling a Dunkin' Donut it could, it could have coffee been. in it, one it hand. Could have, and like... It could be something really mundane yeah. that turns into this big mystery. Totally. But it's still a mystery. Mm-hmm. And, at the end of the day, it's still a mystery. It, at the end of the day, it's still a mystery. And I am on the pro David Politis. I think something's going on. I do too. Um, one of the stories that I have to read, I don't, I'm not going to vouch for it. It was on Reddit, but mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting and it gets right. towards my theory Okay. for... My my what you think could my be explaining main some of theory it? that explains some of it, and it's a crazy theory, but we've covered it in the past. Okay, and I think that's this is the explanation that makes the most sense. But that's for the Christmas episode. Okay. Oh, if oh, there's a Christmas if episode, if there were a Christmas episode. So I just want to end this with a quote that I really like. This was actually from David Politis's Twitter account okay. a couple of years ago. He said, "The best quote I've ever read that could apply to missing 411." by British astronomer Arthur Eddington in 1930, who said, quote, something unknown is doing we don't know what. And I think that's, I think <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Succinct. That is perfect for missing 411. Yeah. Something unknown is doing we don't know what. Uh-huh. And I think that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I, I think good. there is something to this. I think there's something weird going too. on. People can argue with me. People can be completely, and I'm sure people will post in the strangers because I know a lot of people already think these are all... Uh, all mysteries that can be solved mm-hmm. that there's nothing hinky going on here right and or they're I, just coincidental i think it's hinky town i think hinky there's town. i think there's something weird going on i do too even if there's something weird we wouldn't well, keep covering it if, if we one didn't. of these cases has something weird going on yeah it's still something weird going on totally so there you go agreed our last big missing 411 episode from mm-hmm. now on it will be like what my goal is and i don't know how feasible this is because these aren't that long maybe we'll do two each in an episode but yeah. i would like to try to do a deep dive on research to see what i could find and we're going to cover in our in our many many missing 411 episodes we're gonna have to come up with another name because <laughs> i cannot say that we're gonna be redoing some of the cases we have talked about some of the big ones from the missing 411 so we're gonna go into those a little more in depth maybe okay. than we did so that's kind of my plan that's cool i like it so yeah there you go missing 411 weird stuff mm-hmm can't get enough. Neither can our listeners. What That's do you what think? Is what do you think the the what is your prevailing theory? I'll, I'm just gonna say mine. On, I'll just That's, say mine now, and I won't just yeah. say it for the Christmas. I episode. don't have a because I f- I feel like there's not just one explanation. I feel like there are multiple explanations. Yeah. And you what, know, I'm gonna say Bigfoot, but I don't know that I actually believe that. Yeah. I I feel like aliens are really. <laughs> really strong contender for for the people who end up seemingly picked up and dropped off miles away 
unscathed yeah. when they should be covered yeah. in dirt yeah. and mud and blood. I mean, blood it makes sense from an alien abduction standpoint. I'm not going with the bird of prey because I just no. feel like <laughs> yeah. if you're a very small child, maybe that's that's a, like I said, an explanation. This one story I'm going to read in the possible Christmas episode, I don't buy it, but it highlights what I think, what my personal favorite theory is. And my personal favorite theory is that it is something we are doing, like research, like it's something the government is doing, mm. using possible cloaking technology or something that these people are for some reason that they're doing this. Like I, that's the only thing that makes sense to me is that it is like some nefarious government mm. thing. You know, like I'm not buying the the Bigfoot stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not really into Nothing the alien stuff. No, I think it's something that like research that we are doing maybe on cloaking tech. We talked about the cloaking technology in mm-hmm. one of our last episodes. We know that they're doing And I can technology. kind of buy that, that this is some yeah. kind of test that they're running. But why these people are dying or vanishing, I don't know. Like, are they... And what about the ones who are found alive, you know? But they always have weird memories. Yeah, like they're they almost hypnotized it. or something went on. Like that's the only one that I think logically makes, even though it's stupid, That's, like the government, I don't I, I don't want to think actually. the government would be doing that. Right. But to me, that fits like the criteria of, mm-hmm. of why it's happening. Like, I don't know what why they're doing it, but yeah, it just makes sense that it's, you know, and if we were going to be testing on people, that would be the place to do it is to unless grab them when they're is, out in national parks. Unless there is some common trait to these people that we don't know what that is yet. Yeah, something yeah. genetic but or I'm, whatever. I'm on the side that we. this is some weird experimentation mm. thing that, that I don't want to just say the government because that always sounds so conspiracy. But some right. somebody is doing, something human some is doing. Some group of people. Yeah. So that's kind of what I think. I, I like it. I mean, I feel like there's no one good explanation. That's, yeah, that's I don't the either. Hard part. I don't either. So I don't know. So there you go. Okay. What do you guys think? I yeah. know you guys. A lot of you guys. It it amazes me how many people find us because of Mis- this was yeah, never supposed to be our it. bread and butter. It was missing four one one, but that seems to be how most people are finding us. Mm-hmm. You know, so now we're stuck. We got to keep doing missing four one one because that's. <laughs> That's what you guys like. We don't want to have like false advertising or anything. No, exactly. So there you go. Cool. Did it end up okay? I think so. Okay. Like I said, it was kind of scattershot all over the place, Mm -hmm. but. Don't get disorganized because we need those for the alleged Christmas episode that doesn't exist. Oh, you're right. That may or may not exist. So now what? Um, Song recommendations? Sure. You do your song while I look for okay. a question. So the song I'm going to pick for this episode is by a group called, it's a duo. I happen to like two-person groups, like the Black Keys, the White Stripes, the Civil Wars. Like I happen to just like groups that only comprise of two people. Um, but this is called, they're called the Milk Carton Kids. And it's two guys. And it, their music is really reminiscent of like Simon and Garfunkel, yeah, which I, I was have raised one, I on. have one of their CDs. Oh, really? Yeah, it was free. It was a free CD. Well, the song is called Snake Eyes. Okay. And it's they're... really beautiful. And the first time I heard them was this, it was like this musical documentary on like Showtime or HBO where all these musicians were celebrating the music of Llewellyn Davis, I think his name was. Llewellyn Davis. There was a movie about him too. It was like a folk singer. And um, the Punch Brothers, another favorite group of mine, were on there. Um, Lake Street Dive was on there. A lot of groups. uh, The lead singer from uh, Mumford & Sons was part of it. So it was like this group of people that were coming together to perform all these different styles of music that were kind of down the folk 
category. Yeah. Um, there's another group that I can't think of right now that I really like from there. But anyway, the Milk Carton Kids and the song is called Snake Eyes. And when they performed it, it was sort of like a behind the scenes thing. And people were sitting there crying because the the music, the song is just so like, it has a longing and a melancholy to it. And the lead singer from Mumford and Sons was like crying and wiping tears off of it because it was wow. just so pretty. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's my song, Snake Eyes by the Milk Carton Kids. Nice. I struggle to come up with one. There's so many, but... Uh, I went with this one just because there's kind of a funny story with the video too. And uh, the Avett brothers, sorry, that's the other group. Yeah, the they're brothers. good too. Yeah. But it's weird because I was on some website where it had like you could download all sorts of free D's, free D's. You could <laughs> download all sorts of free CDs from artists. Okay. And the Milk Carton Kids was on there, so I mm-hmm. downloaded. And there's a song, and I really like it. And all I remember is that it's something about a headlight, hmm. something about a car's headlight. Okay. I'm gonna have to see if I can find it and, yeah. and let you know what it is. But mine, I picked on the way here because it popped up on my my uh, flash drive that I listen to when I come here. And it's by, when I was dating Natalie, she really liked this band. They are one of those weird Canadian collective bands where it's like just a ton of people. people. <laughs> yeah, like 20 people in there. Yeah. And the band is called Broken Social Scene. Hmm. I don't know if you probably never heard really of them. They really weird Yeah, you've too. never heard of them. But no. they're like... I, they're impossible to describe like brand van 3000 that other band i mm-hmm. love you can't really pin them down and it's no. the same with broken social sort of like scene. electronic yeah uh, like broken like... social scene has like sl- like slow lo-fi song mm-hmm. songs and like dancey songs like they're really hard to pin down but um natalie got me to really like them like some of their stuff is because eh, they're kind of really experimental mm-hmm. but i really like a lot of their stuff and uh, they have, this is the song I'm going to do. It is one of their songs by Broken Social Scene called The Sweetest Kill. Okay. And I'm going to put the video on Facebook, but I am going to warn you right now, the video is very graphic. Okay. Like gory graphic. Okay. <laughs> and I just love this song. It's a slow song, and I just think it's such a pretty song. But what's funny is that ever since I first saw her, I think in a horror movie, I cannot stand Bijou Phillips. There is something about Bijou Phillips. Do you know who she is? I know the name. I think there are a couple of people that I get confused and she might be one of those that I confuse with somebody else. So she played a character you hated and now you can't stand her. Is it that kind of thing? Like that's Bijou Phillips. Like there was something oh. about her in movies that she just annoys me. Like I can't stand her. Does she always play a character that's super annoying? Yeah. Okay. Technically. Yeah, kind of. But... You know, I've, I, this video came out for The Sweetest Kill, and I'm like, I really like the song, and I watched the video tons of times, and I'm like, this girl in this video is gorgeous. Who is this? Bijou Phillips. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And I never would have had any idea. Mm. So I'm like smitten with her the same time I can't stand her. <laughs> it's a love-hate. That thing. is a love-hate relationship. Funny. But it, like I said, the video, warning, if you're not into like... Gore? Gore. Yeah. But it's it's, it's such a good song. It's like just a really... A pretty slow song. Hmm, the okay. Sweetest Kill by Broken Social Scene. Sweet. So I will post that in the group. That's my song. Do you have questions for I us? got... We'll do two questions. Okay. I saw this first one, and it was kind of a deep one. Uh-oh. Not deep, but kind of a... All right. We got a lot of questions. Thank you, guys. If we ever... If we did a Christmas episode, maybe we'd answer a couple <laughs> questions in there. Um... 
This question from Anonymous, if you could make one thing illegal that currently is not, what would it be? Also, if you could make one thing legal that is currently illi- uh, illegal, what would it be? Oh, boy. Some, make something that's currently legal illegal. Yep. I, my, my thing that technically is illegal, but I would make it even more illegal, is violence on animals people that beat animals oh yeah i mean, I mean it's, it's not a, legal it's, it's, it's illegal but in some states it's a felony actually but they should be shot in the head hell yeah that is my opinion Sorry, i agree that is my opinion and if anybody i have told my friends if anybody ever kills someone that is beating badly an animal yeah i will lie for you them. come to my house i will hide you yeah because i agree viol- cruelty to animals is yes. like the one for me that's like no mm-hmm. and children the, you know the, like the i remember vulnerable... when i was a kid Somebody on my block, I saw him just like beating oh, his dog. God. And that has stuck with me. Yes. yes. So, yeah. It's I mean, it's, it's technically illegal, but should be a death should penalty. Should be more illegal. Should be a death penalty, in my opinion. Would not shed a tear for somebody that was killed for being an animal. I would I would agree because it's they're so vulnerable. Yeah. And, all yep. the, and they trust. They're just, oh, you yes. know. So, they, yeah. not going to talk about it because I'm going to start crying. I know. No kidding. So, that is my. that's ooh. That sticks with me too. Oh, my God. <laughs> I fell off the carpet there. <laughs> um yeah i don't know i as far as stuff that should be legal that's illegal you know it's becoming legal yeah i'm gonna say pot yeah i don't i think it's harmless i don't do pot i don't want to do pot i i can tell by the fact that you say i don't do pot (laughs) because nobody says that (laughs) whatever uh yeah i think it i think it that's has how i buy that's how I'm like an undercover cop say man do you have any of the pot do you have any of the grass do you have any of the do you have any of that, that the pot do you have any of that roach the marijuana weed? yeah um i remember when i was dating natalie we went to madison and i had this sweater on and she just said i look like the uh, you know like i had the hat like, and cop. i was like trying to look younger she said i look like the quintessential narc cop yeah it's like hilarious. yo my man do you have any of that crystallized methamphetamine <laughs> My my friend Kristen came to Halloween once dressed as an undercover cop at a fish show, and so she wears she wore <laughs> like a awesome. fish a fish t shirt yeah. which you're not you're not supposed to wear a fish yeah. t shirt to a fish show, and she had on like a fanny pack and she kept walking around saying I'm here to see the fish are you here to see the fish <laughs> I love the fish do you have any drugs <laughs> like that's awesome yeah I thought it was a that's really awesome. funny idea but um, yeah I mean I I'm I'm I have very negative feelings about pot, but I think it should be legal because it helps a lot of people. Oh, I think there's so many medicinal qualities oh, I agree. to it. And I think it's going to be a matter of time before it is legal everywhere. Yeah, Wisconsin will be the last state I know, ever, but I just but think it should be. If you want to do it, do I it. Agree. I'm not going to do it. Keep that stinky, I think it's keep l- that stinky skunk weed out of my apartment. I think I it's less that. harmful than alcohol. Oh, yeah. I think alcohol actually could be made illegal. Yeah, like because... I said, I've been... One of my past friends was like a hardcore... Liked... She liked the pothead. The, the, you can say pothead. She liked the the roach weed. Stoner. And uh, she liked the marijuanas. The marijuanas. But I've been to parties where people are drinking, and if you don't drink, they're like, "Oh, come on, wuss, have a beer." But you know, I've been to the you know the parties that she's at, and they hand me the bowl, and they're like, and I'm like, "No thanks, I don't do it." They're, like, they're, they're cool. all like, "No man, that's cool. That's totally right. cool." Like they're really how many fist fights break out at yeah? Like they're really smoking like, parties, mellow and nice about it. <laughs> yeah. So it's just one of those things that I just. It's not my thing. Yeah. I hate the smell of it. Think of all the alcohol-fueled fights and yeah. violence that have happened. But then think and... of all the people that are going to go to work that are going to be high. Yeah. You know, 
Well, it's still, you know, your employer says you can't come to work high. So yeah. that's your own fault if you make yeah. that decision. It's like drinking now. It's like drinking now. Right. You know, go to work drunk. Exactly. So yeah, that's that's, that's what, what I, I would do. I would make alcohol illegal because I think it's actually really harmful to people. Yeah, I, I, would, I would totally be on And I would legalize weed. <laughs> I would totally be on, no, because I want my beer. I'm not going to smoke. I'm never going to smoke weed. You can just bootleg. I've had arguments with people that I'm never going to smoke weed. You can just be a bootlegger. Okay. <laughs> my great grandpa was a bootlegger. All right, should we do a joke? Or are we answering two questions? All right. Should we do another Should we do another question? We can or, do a question. Or should we save this? We're over two hours. Okay, let's just do a joke. Okay. <laughs> let's call her. I mean, we are going to yeah, edit, edit a lot of the... Um, shoot, I have to put something in here so I can remember why. <laughs> why did Johnny jump up and down before he drank his juice? Why? The carton said to shake well before drinking. It's just as bad as the pickle <laughs> jokes. Oh, this is another one. I'm going to read one more. What is the baby's favorite reptile? What? A rattlesnake. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's cute. That <laughs> so these cute. are the laugh out loud jokes from Eli. That one was cute. Yeah, cute. And with that, that is a wrap for season four. I know, it's crazy. Of the Strange Sessions. Wow. You want to hear us talk a lot about... A changed. You want to hear us look back at this year in our podcast? We may if, or if may we, not. We may or may not. Yeah, we might not. We, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that we'll do it. Yeah. So I just maybe, feel like maybe maybe this year we won't maybe do a like Christmas, a Christmas gift. But um, so just stay tuned for that if it happens. <laughs> it might not happen. Uh, so otherwise, from our still unnamed studio yep. that will be in the new season. Yep. Uh, just thank you guys so much for for sticking this out with us. Mm-hmm. You know, like we say it all the time, but not even just listening, but sending us yeah, stuff and like, like I don't know. You guys are it's amazing, crazy. and I feel like every day is Christmas yeah, on this show too. because I do we're too. always like, getting like, gifts and like days. You of... guys turned this into something amazing. Absolutely. So we, from the bottom of our hearts, we love you guys. Absolutely. We truly do. Everybody we that do. listens, everybody that gives up part of their day to listen to us babble about stuff that we probably don't even really know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But you guys like listening to our, our weird Wisconsin accents. Or Minnesota accents. Or Minnesota accents. <laughs> but Minnesota and Wisconsin accents are kind of the same. They're very similar. They're very similar. So just thank you guys. We love you more than you know. Absolutely. And that's it for season four. Crazy. And since we're the not going to have an opportunity, yeah, yeah, yeah. Since we're not going to have an opportunity to wish you Merry Christmas, of course not. There's not going to no, be any episode no. for we're that. We're going to be busy. We're going to be busy. We'd like to wish you a happy holidays. <laughs> exactly. And Merry Christmas. And our deets. Should we just skip the deets? No. Okay. What if this is Ooh, the first time someone's a look listening? Look, I got from you. Dang. You can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at strange session. Krista does a. Uh, so so job. So so job. Yeah, it's all right. On Instagram at the Strange Sessions, you can send postcards and snail mail to the Strange Sessions, PO Box four three four, Manitowoc, Wisconsin five four two two one zero four three four, and you can call our lonely little phone line maybe for Christmas, maybe Santa's waiting there to hear from you. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Strange Santa. Nine two zero four four three ninety six zero two. It's probably Krampus. Thank you guys again for all of the gifts, mm-hmm. Lauren, for these awesome little trinkets that I'm gonna put this by where I do my virtual teaching and stuff from oh, home nice. because I like seeing stuff like that. It makes me happy. Nice. So thank you so much for that, Jen, for the chocolate, for all of you, for everything you've sent. You, the magnet from Kayla. You have yes. no idea how much this stuff means to us. It's crazy. So thank you, and on to season five. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? Not me. <laughs> so we love you guys. May or may not see you around Christmas. <laughs> so from Krista and I in the still unnamed basement studio, 
Until next season, stay, stay strange. strange.